What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Season Gaming Big Cast, episode 261. We are back, and I am your host, Mr. Ainsley Bowden, joined by these two gentlemen you see before you. They know him as 20 Milligram Dan. How you doing, brother? <laughs> Let's leave it at that, because, you know, that could mean a lot of things, you know. But uh, we all yeah, know what it I'm means. feeling pretty good this morning. Uh, let's just say that, and uh, we're gonna talk about some. Uh, oh, you guys know what it means. Everybody knows what it means. All right. Anyway, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Nice. Pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Might have been more than 20 milligrams this morning, but anyway, <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and move on to our favorite <laughs> nice. ginger, Mr. Travis. How we doing, Ty guy? Yeah. I'm not a ginga. How dare you? Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I'm doing. I'm actually. So I. I know we're not at. We're not at. What have we been playing yet? But I've had the gamiest two weeks of my life these past two weeks. I mean, I've played more games than. Man, it's like, it's an upsetting amount of games. But I'm very excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> That's good though, because I have not. So you can no. uh, host the show today, and uh, yeah. we'll see how that goes. Um, by the I way, reverse ains—that's what they call my two weeks. The reverse ains, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's probably mm -hmm. a good thing, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we took uh, we took a week off. Obviously, you see that Hogue is not here in front of you. So Hogue uh, let us know that he's actually traveling with the family. So uh, he will not be on today, sadly. So we'll have to wait till next week to regroup to our full power um but regardless we you know we took a week off summer vacation for me and uh as travis said just uh a lot a lot of games with sad well not sadly i guess it's good news but with more to come right um the the big stuff is still yet to hit in september and october which we're going to be talking about but we do have a lot to talk about today um Couple of reviews that Travis did that some people over at SG did as well. We've got Mortal Kombat 1 beta. We've got Starfield out in the wild. Dan's put apparently a lifetime into Baldur's Gate 3. So we're going to talk about that. We've got news on Destiny, Call of Duty, Armored Core, uh, Alan Wake, Assassin's Creed. There's just a lot that has happened over the past couple of weeks. And it's good to be back chatting games. But uh, you know what, guys? So, two things before we officially get started here. One, I want to shout out to Against the Tide, who uh, not only moderates over on Hoag's channel just regularly, um, but uh, has really kind of done, uh, taken over duties, if you will, uh, with Squirrels Passing, on sharing out the links to all BitCast, all of our profiles, and just kind of spreading the good word to, uh, to share Hoag's channel and the BitCast in general. So uh, shout out to Tide. And then this morning, as we're about to go live, they dropped this amazing rendition, which uh, had me laughing quite a bit, um, of the four of us who uh, normally podcast here. So by this picture, we have determined a few things. One is that Dan generally looks really sad because he's not playing Hitman. And, you know, he's constantly just sad and thinking about playing Hitman while we're on the podcast. Uh, as we probably knew all along, Travis is indeed a ginger. Uh, we assume this. You know, it's very clear in this 100% uh, accurate rendition that he is a ginger. And, I look like uh, uh, the Pixar character that is like really good with tech and has like a pet robot and no parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably sounds pretty accurate. 
<laughs> yeah, pretty accurate. And Ho Hogue looks like he's about to tell you what you're going to do on the uh, on the hike today as your camp counselor. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. He does. He does. Hey, we're going to learn about fungus. <laughs> All right, kids. Yeah. <laughs> and Ains looks yeah. like he's uh, campaigning to shut down said camp. You know, you're the. It's true. Yeah. The, why are we? Room. Why are yeah. we wasting our government funds, our yeah. tax dollars, on this camp for kids? When kids my will plan is it complete. Out. It'll be a parking lot. Ha 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 ha. Oh man, but this is brilliant. Thank you so much, Todd. I've saved that. That's going to be a regular uh, thing in our DMs uh, to have a laugh at. So, and of course, as Hogue isn't here, and we, you know, we ran for months without Hogue for obvious reasons. We figured we might as well be the bring it back today because it's just so brilliant. You know. We're going gold frame, boys. We are going gold frame today. He is, gotta have he is it. fine. He's fine. He's not <laughs> dead gold again. Frame. <laughs> He's, He's the not. man. <laughs> and with the Midas touch. <laughs> the oh, oh you're going to serenade us? Yeah, he's breaking yeah. out the 007 stuff. Let's gold go. Frame. He's gold that's, frame. That's his, gold that's frame. his, gold that's his Bond villain name, gold frame. <laughs> oh, man. Gold, gold frame. frame. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, we've we've missed this. Uh, we were already off the rails, and uh, we were having some laughs before we even got started. So it's good to be back, though. Um it has been a very weird uh, two weeks for me. My cousin from England is here uh, with his wife. We've had a great time. It's the first time they've ever been here, actually, not in the U.S., but to uh, where I live. And um, I you gotta be so disappointed. I mean, not to see you, but I mean, just in Kansas in general. I mean, no, just well, like uh, no, uh, we've we've been all over, uh, and uh, no, you, we've had a great time. So it's, um, it's still Kansas. Um, I live okay. here, man. I know what's going on. It's nothing. It's nothing. Okay. But they have alcohol on their side. All right. So they do. Marvel <laughs> Adventures take the them wherever probably, they want. They're probably like, oh, man, this food is outstanding. But, you know, yeah. Other than that, what you guys do? World War II, uh, World War I Memorial? I like that you guys are telling me what I've done with my cousin. I'm, I'm asking you what you did. <laughs> well, we've kind of been all over. So, um, you know, know uh, yeah, we've been to Plaza. We've been to Inner Kansas City, to City Market. We've been to lawrence we've been to omaha we've been kind of all around so um it's been good and yes uh we we uh slow smoked uh some ribs and brisket um and i think my cousin we joked that he transcended when he had that um he kind of went to another plane and um yeah he said he could not live here because the food is too good and uh, he's already a big guy. He's like a big guy in general. And he's um, he's kind of joked that it's too much. Hmm. So we've kind of been all over the place. But yeah, it's been good. Uh, but the weird thing for me is that um, I have not played a game really in a couple weeks, which is very abnormal because it's usually hours per day. Gamer uh, girl. <laughs> gamer girl. Um, I have separated entirely from my normal routine, which is brilliant. I haven't worked. I haven't worked out. Uh, I've eaten a whole bunch of crap, um, so I feel horrible, and uh, I have not been gaming, and uh, it's it's good to get a break. It, I came back onto Twitter like yesterday and started. One of the first things I saw was this. Did you mean X? No, I don't mean X. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you send out any zeets? <laughs> and I saw this. Zeted anybody? <laughs> I, I zeted. Um, nice. I bad. saw this. Uh, 
well, yeah, you know, it happens. Um, you know, I saw the stupid, uh, you know, the stupid controversies going on and I was like, wow, I didn't miss this at all. Um, did, you that, did you see that you're not allowed to post a tweet and not mention Xbox by name? It's pretty serious stuff, serious allegations going on on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know what's going on on that site anymore. But um, yeah, but anyway, it's been really nice disconnecting. Um, but I know that, you know, it's impending. So starting Wednesday, they head back to England and uh, I'll get back to normal routine. I'm kind of scared to go back to work, honestly. But um, otherwise, it's been good. It's been good. So. Um, I'm going to need you guys to talk about a lot of games we've been playing. And like I said, I know that uh, Dan's got a million hours into Baldur's Gate 3 and Travis, you knocked out a couple of reviews. Um, I did play some Mortal Kombat 1 this morning, so we'll touch on that. But why don't we start with, uh, let's start with Blasphemous 2. Blasphemous? Blasphemous It's a good 2. game. Yeah, you reviewed it. What'd you give it? I gave it an 8 out of 10. Blasphemous okay. 2. So I'm, I'm going to have to refresh my memory because I actually... Uh, the developer there finished that game like early, and so they gave press like that game like over a month ago. And I reviewed it back then, and it just went live recently. So I'm gonna have to refresh my memory. But um, if you played Blasphemous One, uh, it Blasphemous One was very focused on like the combat part of a Castlevania type game, right? And this one definitely adds more like Castle Metroidvania mechanics in terms of like platforming and puzzles and stuff like that you have to solve to get through levels. Um, which is cool. Um, it's still gross, super gross. If you played the first one, it's an extremely disturbing game on ten, uh, on purpose. Um, this one is definitely still that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a good time. I would say it doesn't really do much to like push forward the Metroidvania genre, but it does a very flattering rendition of said Metroidvania genre. So. Um, yeah, it's like just a, a good Metroidvania game. You go through it, you get to see really disturbing religious iconography, and uh, <laughs> that's that's the game. It's a good it's a good time. Um, but yeah, I liked it a lot. Glad I had time to get through that game. Nice, nice. So. It's good they give you such early access to it. Is that on yeah. all platforms? I think so. I okay. I reviewed it on PC and then later played like half of it on Xbox just to check out how it worked on console. So um but yeah plays great runs great looks beautiful pixel art is really gross um and uh yeah if you liked the first one i would say it's i would have i think ign gave the first one a, a seven i think okay. and i would probably have put the first one as a seven as well um this one's definitely noticeably better but you know it doesn't it doesn't do anything crazy for the metroidvania genre but it but it is just it's just a fun, if you like Metroidvanias, it's just a fun one of those. Um, so it's cool. Uh, awesome. Interesting story. Lots of secrets, secret endings and stuff for you to hunt. Oh, okay. So um, it's cool. It's a cool game. Nice. Nice. Good to hear. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that's happened over the past couple of weeks game wise. So that's good. I know. I knock that I one know, out. Man. Yep. So we'll jump right over then to Texas Chainsaw Massacre because. Nice. Um, you reviewed that. Um, Zach reviewed it for us at Season Gaming. I know you guys got some games in together, which is cool. Um, we got a lot of games in together. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, because... So, so the, uh, and Miles, too, I believe, right? Over at Windows Central. Yes. So uh, this had one of the worst review setups I've been a part of recently, uh, which is that 
the developer just did not give out enough codes and then didn't organize play sessions for everybody to play together. Mm -hmm. They were just like, we recommend playing during these blocks, but then nobody listened to them or, or read the review thing. And they didn't like push it together and they didn't get their developers to like play with the players at a certain time. And so it was pretty much impossible to get a match together unless you brought your own team with you. <laughs> and so I got 15 copies of the code of the game and I gave them to like all the people I like checked with my buddies and people I knew in the industry who were online and like gave them codes. And so I think even Zach was one of the people that got a code from me. So like ever, I just was like, guys, we have to do this. Like if we don't set up matches, none of us will play the game because it requires seven players and no lobby. If you click matchmaking, you would just wait five minutes by yourself and then it would kick you out. And even uh. if you matched with like, even if you matched with three or four people, it wouldn't let you play unless you found all seven. And so it was just a nightmare to try to actually play this game. So I, I was like working really closely with a lot of people that reviewed this game because we had to like organize being on at the same time together. And so Zach and I played a bunch of matches. Um, uh, uh, Miles was on there. Miles brought a few people, which was super useful. And then just a bunch of my buddies uh, joined us to, to play the game. So it, it was super cool because it's not reviews can sometimes be a little bit of a solitary experience um but it was nice yeah. to to play with people and uh shout out to zach he's super funny uh good guy good reviewer yes. i don't i don't remember what he ended up giving it for a score i, I did read his review but i, I just think i, I overlooked yeah score, so but. i was actually just looking on open critic because i if i recall correctly i believe you came in a little lower i believe he came I, in I, a little I, higher and i think the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the median is in between you guys yeah i, I think the median's like 70 or something which doesn't it's actually me. it's actually 78 that's higher um, so, than I would think. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you gave it a six. I did. Yeah. Okay. Which and, IGN means okay. Um, Zach and, gave it an eight. An eight. Okay. I, which means, like, remind me again. I don't remember what it means. Means kind of superb. We have superb. odder names, not as direct names as you guys, but yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I get why he gave that score. I, I definitely don't have any beef with anybody who scored it somewhere between a six and eight. Um, I come down on the harder side for, for a few reasons. One, um, I, I do think that it has a ton of potential, uh, but it also has some pretty critical shortcomings. The main one that, that bothered me uh, and kind of influenced my score is it's just pretty content light. Um, it only has three maps and all of the maps are more or less identical in terms of their layout. They each have uh, two exits you can get through by lock picking, one exit you can get through through a pressure gate, and one exit in the tunnels that opens if you fix a fuse box. And so no matter which map you're on, if you're a survivor, you're sort of doing the exact same thing. And even if you're a, a killer, you sort of go through the same motions every match. And so it it feels pretty uh, lazy that, that they just copy and pasted the same sort of map design three times. Um, so that's my main one. It has only one game mode, uh, which I think is a problem. It has uh, no tutorial, which I think is really going to bite it. I haven't been checking how people are are doing in the, the first days because I think it became playable on the 18th. Um, but my guess would be that there's a lot of matches where people don't know what they're doing and that the people who do know what they're doing are getting very frustrated. So I kind of assume that. And then there was also a bunch of technical problems that I hear have been improved a little bit in the days since it launched, but uh, it um, it was really bad when we were playing it. Like frame rate, 
stuttering and a bunch of other stuff. So um, it's one of those games that I, I think that if in a year, if they've worked on it and built up some of the game, I think it will be an eight for me in a year. Um, but right okay. now I just, I just think that it's a little, it's a little early and there's some stuff I, I have qualms with, but in terms of like the, the core game, of like what you're doing, the three V four mode and the balance and the fun of playing through the Texas chainsaw massacre scenario. Um, it's fantastic. It's just a lot of fun. There's a ton of potential there. I just have, I have qualms with the, the game, <laughs> the, the ecosystem around the game, but I think the, uh, the gameplay and, and the, like we had, we had good times. I loved being a victim, uh, breaking out of, you know, my, my ropes and sneaking away like super quickly. <laughs> the stealth in that game is great. You can be standing right in front of the players. And if you're standing fully fill like fully still in like a field of sunflowers, they will not see you. They'll walk like right by you. Even if they're running around in the sunflowers looking for you, um, which I think is really cool. Um, and then playing as a killer is also super fun. Um, just like, you know, if you're playing as Leatherface, you start off in the basement and you're just like chasing teenagers around trying to kill them, uh, which is super funny. Uh, and then working with the killers has like a lot of strategy and stuff. It's just one of those games that's really um, complicated in terms of being good at it. You have to like know a bunch of things and the game doesn't really teach you them. It offers a video library, an optional video library of like 40 videos that take like 45 minutes to watch all of them and then no playable tutorial. And so if you don't know any of that stuff, if you don't watch it, uh, you're just going to get, you're going to get yelled at. People are going to be pissed at you for like, as a killer leaving doors unlocked or not knowing how to use your powers or track down people. And then as a victim, you're going to be making a bunch of noise and getting your screwing over your fellow victims by just being a scrub. Right. And so, um, that's always tough with asynchronous multiplayer games. They're kind of hard to explain, especially when you have people entering the, the game that are, you know, just call of duty foreheads, not really knowing how to sure how to, yeah. how to play an ASIM game. So, um, but that said, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, six out of 10 means okay, which means uh, there's a good game in there somewhere, but it comes with a lot of caveats, which is how yeah. I would describe uh, the Texas chainsaw massacre. I think it, there's a lot of caveats of like, well, there's this problem and that problem and this problem. But if you're willing to look through all that, there's a really good game in there somewhere. And I do think in six months to a year, if they develop it more, uh, make more maps for it and flush it out a little bit, I do think it'll be a significantly better game. So had a lot of fun with that one. Cool. Yeah, I know uh, we talked about it. Zach said he went kind of back and forth on the scores. The interesting thing is it the if you look at the open critic for it, it's kind of a study in what we've joked about, Travis, around game reviews, where it depends on how you weigh certain things in your review. Because literally there's PC Invasion gave it a 10, which sounds crazy to me. Um, and there's some nines in there, but then there's also some like fours and fives. Um, so it just goes to show you like how you weight certain things in a game and, and their importance yeah. to you, you know, in a review. So, yeah, the, 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 the fours don't surprise me. My guess is that those people had a really, really rough go of it with matchmaking during the review period, which I tried to remove that. I don't mention it at all in my review because I don't think it's a problem that players are actually going to experience. It sure. was a problem with the way the review uh situation was handled and that that can be rough because sometimes it does influence um like outcomes but i don't think it should i i mean you, you should probably try to 
put yourself in the shoes of a normal player, which, yeah. which is typically what I do. But I, I don't blame people for like being pissed off because the review period was like one of these guys. I just I just scrolled through Open Critic right now. One of the guys who gave it a five out of ten. Uh, the first sentence that pops up when you look at his review is I easily spent more time sitting in lobbies and loading screens than actually in the game. Right. And I get why that person would be frustrated by it, but it's sort of a review problem. That's not a yeah. game. No average player is going to be like, Oh, I was in lobbies all the time. Like, no, that was just because uh, the publisher did a pretty bad job um, with the, with the review handling. So. Yeah. They should have yeah. given more codes to more people and they should have set up specific times for everybody to get on together to play. Um, and the fact that they didn't do that just made for a really tough time. I would say Ains like 99% of matches that I played during the review period. And I played over 20 hours worth of games. Um, 99% of them were with people. I knew we would all hit matchmaking at the same time and we would all seven see each other. We would get matched with each other because there was no one else to match with. <laughs> it was not bad. So imagine you're a single reviewer. You got one code from your outlet and you don't know any of the other reviewers. That's yeah. what you're looking at. Like yeah. it's pretty bad. So, it's almost unreviewable. I mean, it's almost unreviewable, which yeah. I think is why some people probably gave it a bad score kind of erroneously. Um, yeah. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. I, we joke about that all the time and, and you know, not to uh, judge any PR companies or anything, but it, it is weird sometimes, at least from our perspective of how these things are handled. Um, like if yeah. you want coverage of your game and you want coverage of your game to be extensive, the way some things are delivered sometimes to outlets, especially small outlets, as we always talk about, is is just bizarre. Like it, it doesn't, it's not conducive to a a proper review or uh, look yeah. at your game. So <clears throat> anyway, um, well, that's cool. So uh, if you like horror, you know, check out TCM. As we said, you can read uh, Travis's review. You can read Zach's review. They're both up, obviously. And, um, you know, Zach is, uh, you can find all the info on that on our side, of course. Um let also, me, you know what you know what I would like to have given it a lower score for if it were not petty. Making chainsaw two words, I feel like that deserves you know at least one point drop. But <laughs> I understand that they were doing it based off the original 1974 film, which also made chainsaw two words, which I will never understand why they did that. And also retroactively, every Texas Chainsaw movie after that has made chainsaw one word, which is the correct way to do it. Um, but I feel like there's a petty part of me that is very upset that they made it Texas chain saw massacre. Does that bother yeah. anybody else? Does that bother no. you? Ains? Yeah. I, it didn't until now. And I just looked at it and now it's bothering me. So thanks for putting <laughs> that in my eyes. <laughs> I really, as soon as I saw it, I was like, all right, so it's chainsaw. Wait, let me read that again. Chainsaw. <clears throat> That can't yeah. be right. And then I, I looked up. I was like, was the original movie, did the original movie call it Chainsaw? And I looked it up and it did. And the yeah. sequels, all the sequels and the reboots have made Chainsaw one word. But the original called it Chainsaw. And this this game is very much based off of the original movie. So they, I think they did it. It was a stylistic decision, even though that is not the correct way to spell that word. Yeah. It's a compound word, y'all. Chainsaw. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um. So I want to talk about Baldur's Gate 3. Before I jump over to you, Dan, though, I want to shout out a couple things. So we've got uh, <laughs> Debbie W. became a member over on the Hogue channel, Hogue Law channel. Thank you, Debbie. Appreciate you. Um, we have a super chat from our regular Mr. Don Lionheart. Let's get to that real quick. Yeah. I mean, they're waking up late. Usually it's in there before we even start. 
You know? No, that's Googleman. That's Googleman. That's oh, Googleman. That's right. Yeah, Don's. Yeah, you know, Don is Don. Is Don the one that was that like drove, drives through Florida? To Jacksonville. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Don. How's it going? Man? <laughs> Good to see you, buddy. Good morning, Big Cass. Uh, I hope Haynes enjoyed his vacation and that you all had a restful week off. Still loving Baldur's Gate three. Hype for Starfield. Is Travis reviewing it? Mm-hmm. Travis, uh, yeah. I am not reviewing Starfield. My boss Dan Stapleton is handling the review himself, which I am grateful for because I got a code uh, the same time pretty much everyone did. It seems, uh, and I have sixty hours in Starfield. <laughs> How is but that we can't, possible? We, we cannot talk about it. So I we saw some talk comments about like talk about Starfield. It cannot be talked about. I cannot talk about it. I can't tell you anything, but I can say that I'm playing it and I've played sixty hours, and that's that's all you'll get out of me, unfortunately. Fair enough. We we will obviously be covering Starfield extensively when possible. The embargo is August 31st, so yep. it actually will not be for two weeks because next week, uh, you know, still be. Under I think embargo. our show is August 30th, our next show, and so it'll be, it'll be what? 27, man. <laughs> seven 27? weeks. Weeks or seven days. Yeah. Wait, I thought the yeah. 31st was. Uh... <laughs> oh damn. No. <laughs> I didn't realize it was the 20th. I've not been keeping track of days very well at all. <laughs> literally, since I got my Starfield code, I've just been literally <laughs> since I've been gone. Bye, guys. Different words. I'm gone. Um, I another game that I can't talk about yet that I would like to um, is yesterday I finished uh, Trine Five. Have you guys played oh, any of the okay. Trine games? I have not. No. You haven't played any of them? I haven't played any of them. I know oh, what wow. game you're talking about, but I haven't played it. Trine. Trine. T R I N E, trying. Trying. Oh, trying. I, yeah, I remember trying. Yeah. Yeah, You've trine. heard of trying? Oh, yeah, I've never played trying. Wow. He's like, he he's like trying. Never heard of it. Trying, and then yeah. you just said trying. He's like, oh, trying. I thought you said T R Y I N G. You know, I thought it was just like a weird San <laughs> yeah. Francisco dialect. I'm that's sorry. what. Uh, <laughs> that's actually what I called it when my friends trine. were trying to play it because they were so bad. I was like, you're trying. <laughs> you're trying five uh that's what i heard anyway uh yeah trying five a uh, clockwork conspiracy is my next review don lionheart uh so cool. kind of the offset of i was the understudy to review starfield so if dan wasn't going to be able to do it i think i probably would have been able to which uh i'm i'm kind of glad he's doing it because a that's a that's a big that's goblin mode for two weeks you know what i mean like that's like a huge review and i don't have to do that which is awesome and uh, secondly, I get to um, I get to review a bunch of smaller games. So I'm reviewing yeah. Trine Five. I finished the game yesterday. I'm writing the review today. Uh, so my review on Trine will be live sometime next week, I assume. I don't know when the embargo is, but I'll be able to talk about it whenever that goes live. And then uh, I'm also reviewing Lies <clears throat> of P and yes. Lords of the Fallen. Whoa! So, you're gonna review both of those? I'm gonna review both of those. Yeah, oh <laughs> they're like they're like a week and a half apart. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get to play both of those, and then I'm also making a whole bunch of uh, guides for IGN when um, when Starfield comes out when the embargo lifts on the 31st. Uh, we're gonna have a ton of guides. I don't even think I can mention what the guides are about, but needless to say, Starfield is a big game, and there's a lot of stuff about it that will be. Uh, have a learning curve for players and i'm helping i'm making a lot of those videos so that players have answers to the questions that they have so um, yeah yeah it's cool man i i'm you know obviously reviewing huge prestige games is awesome but i'm kind of glad i'm not reviewing this one and uh the games that i get to review <clears throat> in place are great i get to review three games that <laughs> i wouldn't have reviewed if i was doing starfield so kind of cool 
Well, yeah, I was just going to say that it's we've joked about this many times, but it's almost a curse sometimes because a big game like Starfield that comes around once in a generation or or more, if you're Bethesda, um, and a game that you clearly want to just get lost in. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's the opposite of fun of reviewing it because, sure, you get the code a little bit early, but you can't just sit down and play it your way how you and enjoy it right because you're trying to get through it to review it and it can almost sometimes it really can almost ruin the experience it really um, yeah it can be it can be rough and i this is the best of both worlds because <laughs> i got the code at the same time i would have done it if i was reviewing it and i don't have to review it so right it's, it's yeah, kind no. of awesome video guides team it's good it's a good, it's a good <laughs> gig I enjoy it um so it's just cool um but yeah uh that's what i'm working on so try and nice. five. I'll be able to talk about that next week, I think. And then cool, 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 cool. Stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh Don, thank you as always. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to Vintage Willow. I know I've shouted her out many times before. She gifted 10 memberships over on the season gaming side. And I, I know I say this every time, but I feel it's deserved. Is um legend. you know, we're non I know she is, she is a legend. Uh, we're non-monetized here, so memberships and super chats are all we go on at season gaming, and so that helps a ton. So thank you very much, Vintage. You rock. Um, and then, uh, Mr. Fatboy Horror came in with a super chat. Oh, nice. Good morning, boys. Can't escape Baldur's Gate 3. Not sure I'll have time for Starfield, even if it is the damn Constellation Edition. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, that's where I'm at right now. Because I yeah. don't know what I'm going to do here <laughs> in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, let's jump to that. And yeah, I'm the same. I got Constellation Edition coming. I got the damn Vasco robot coming um definitely yeah, hype for starfield but we'll we'll obviously talk a lot more about that when we're actually able to that'll be fun fat boy hope you're doing well thank you for the super chat appreciate yeah, it. also i just would like to announce at this juncture that in the five days i had between texas chainsaw and um starfield codes coming in i completed a whole bunch of games all at the same time including cyberpunk is this where I'm supposed to say them? touch? Is this where I'm supposed to say touch grass? No, this is the part. Like, remember when I promised you guys I would beat Cyberpunk before you the did. expansion came out? But why would I you beat wait it. for just a little Dude. bit when the stuff comes out in like a couple of weeks, doesn't it? Like, because I want to, I want to, I wanted to beat the game proper before yeah. that stuff came out, and so now yeah. I've beaten it because the the expansion sort of alludes to the ending, the canon ending of Cyberpunk. So it does. Um, yeah, it does. Anyway, uh, yeah. So now I've beaten that game. I also beat uh, the musical game. You guys know this, Stray Gods. I have heard the, of it. Yes, the, yeah. is it musical or Gods yeah. Game? yeah, Hogue yeah. was talking about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I beat that game. Um, I'm probably missing some. I I beat a bunch of games, guys. Like all the stuff in my backlog. I had five days, and I was just like, "All right, five days till Starfield. It's gonna devour my life after that. Let's do this." <laughs> and I just like burned through a bunch of games. So I have. That's why I said I had a reverse aims. Like you didn't play games at all the past two <laughs> weeks, dude. I've been killing the game. I've been. I handed, playing I handed you so all my games. extra time. So many games, dude. <laughs> I've just been putting it in. So yeah, it's been cool. That's awesome. Uh, Fatboy, thank you, man. Hope you're doing well. Uh, shout out to Nissa for becoming a member over on Season nice. Gaming Side. Nissa, thank you very much. Appreciate that. And Don followed up with a new, another super chat before we get to Baldur's Gate. This is how I get money out of people. I'm <laughs> misrepresented. Dan, how could you mix me up with Googleman? I'm wounded. Also, the girlfriend is here right now. We just got back from vacation uh, to Myrtle Beach in New York City. New York City. Nice. I like that. That's my favorite place to go, by the way. We go there New now York's- every year. New York, been, yeah, I've been there four times in the past. Good city, two years, love it. It's a good Always city. Yeah. Except for Broadway, 
I love Broadway shows. <clears throat> Too fat to sit in the seats. We need to modernize Broadway a little bit. You know, it's not 1920, people. All right. People don't, you know, they're, they're not 20 pounds and trying to fit in this little tiny narrow thing. I got to sit over there in the, you know, in a chair, you know, next to my wife at the end of the row. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Just modernize. People want to, you know, fat people like musicals too. That's all I'm saying. You know, that's great. Good city. Good city. Good New city. York is a good city. Uh, Myrtle Beach, I actually grew up part of the time in Myrtle Beach is where my mom lives. Myrtle Beach is cool, although nice. it's uh, very touristy. Um, thanks, Son. Appreciate you. Uh, let's move over to Baldur's Gate. Uh, Dan, you said, I obviously haven't played any more of it, like mm. I said. Uh, Travis has played every game that's been created in the past yes. three months. Um, Dan, you said, I think you have a hundred and how many hours in Baldur's Gate since 30. we last talked? 130 hours. Yeah, I don't have that. I, I'm not, I haven't put up those numbers, but I'm probably like 50 hours into Baldur's Gate. I might be lowballing it. I've put quite a few, but so we keep so it's been two weeks since we talked. Right? Two weeks. At that time, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I was at about I'm at like 12 hours or something like that. 15 hours, something. Dan, you were at you were less than me, I think. I was at zero hours because I hadn't even got the game yet. Perfect. So in two weeks' time, keeping in mind that a full-time job is 40 hours a week, <laughs> you have put 130 hours into the game yes right that's that is correct so you're at Baldur's gate then because you get there in act three, <laughs> I, right? yeah that's act three yeah so hey no spoilers no spoilers well, well i mean it's, every Baldur's game, Baldur's game. Baldur's game. Late, well, yeah. yeah yeah but i mean that's that's all i'll say um yeah so it, it's kind of deceptive because this is a very 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 slow game yes um, it's very very slow like i i i don't know that 132 hours doesn't seem like 132 hours because I mean, I, I don't think I've done as much as like, if I played, for example, horizon, uh, forbidden West, I feel like I've accomplished a lot more. Yeah. 130 is like you did a completionist run uh, already. You know what I mean? Right. Like this yeah. is 130 hours in Baldur's Gate three is like, you, you just cleared your throat in that game. Pretty yes. much. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like I missed so much stuff. I, I don't know if I've ever played a game like this uh, intense or as 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 complex as it is. Dense. dense, dense is usually a good word. Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. I mean, there's 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 times where I'm kind of going backwards uh, around the. I just like talk to a random person. Next thing I know, a side quest opens up. Like just, yeah. I mean, there's no way that you would, you know, it's just NPCs. You know, just random NPCs that you could just completely walk by, and you normally would because they're just like over there blabbering about nothing. Hey, my carrots are rotten or something, and then you're like, you go over there, and then all of a sudden you're hunting down, you know, thieves because they stole the cabbage. You know, I, it's just it's just weird, and it, it's it's fantastic, and I think they've done a really good job. I mean, I'm not a D and D player, uh, but if this is what D and D is like, you know. As far as you know, just telling the stories, and you have you know, I'm assuming you need a good DM or GM or whatever they call them. Uh, I don't know, I don't know anything about DD. <laughs> I was more of a vampire the masquerade guy myself. What was your question? <laughs> what? what was your question? No, I was just basically I, I, saying, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, ahead. I mean, if this is yeah. what DD is like, like as far as like storytelling and stuff like that, and yeah. the different. It Just, can be. D D is not known for its story. It, its rules are more made for dungeon crawling. And if you want a story, you have to shoehorn it in. But there are lots of tabletop RPGs that 
put the story front and center. And the potential is, you know, you want a video game that never ends where you get to keep your characters and keep telling stories. And I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of, of uh, a tabletop RPG, except for with uh, games like Baldur's Gate three, they only give you like five options, right? You make an, you make a dialogue choice and you have like five different options and a tabletop RPG. It's obviously even less limited because you could, you know, Say whatever, make yeah. your own thing. But I do think that this game does a really good job of like, condensing that experience of playing a tabletop rpg into a game and i think that's why it's crushing it because it appeals yeah. to tabletop people it appeals to people who have never played a tabletop game but they get the idea right of getting to kind of create your own adventure um it's cool yeah it's really cool i will tell you guys uh now a few weeks post release as as uh critic reviews are finally kind of releasing there's 57 critic reviews um on Baldur's Gate 3 now it is sitting at a 96 on Open Critic with a 100% recommendation. How are you feeling, Ains? For I'm that... not feeling too good. No, not I feeling too good. Not. Yeah, no. No. Uh, be on the game of the year list. Yeah, so the, this wasn't on yours, right? You're the outlier. Yeah, I'm the only one of the four that did not put this on the yeah. game of the year list. I'm, to be fair, I'm starting to feel that way about Diablo because, as you yeah. know, my predictions were based off of what I thought the the critics that get to vote uh, yeah. on the game of the year would, would, yeah. would do. Uh, and I'm starting to see some of those critics that I know are on the panel, including Ryan McCaffrey say that Diablo four was his game of the year right now. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Cause that means it's probably going to end up there because I mean, Ryan McCaffrey is on that voter panel. He, he yeah. I think he gets picked every year and he's going to nominate that game. Like it's going to yeah. be on the list. And so, I, th I do. I think Diablo will be on the list too. But then again, it's the same thing. It's like, all right, let's assume Diablo and Baldur's Gate are on there, and let's also assume they only go with six at the VGAs, yeah. like they usually I, I, do. I don't. I don't think they will. That's crazy. That's impossible at this point. How? How? How could they possibly pick just six games for Game of the Year? I don't know. I don't know. Hogwarts Legacy came out this year. I mean, it's not. Gonna I know. Be I, and I was. That was my game of the year up until now. I saw. Yeah, I saw some pics of that the other day, and I was like, "Yeah, that came out February." Damn, and that's a brilliant. So Baldur's Gate, Baldur's yeah. Gate replaced it. Damn, yeah, look at oh, that for sure. Not even close. Yeah, it wasn't I mean, Diablo. This, this game transcends pretty much anything. I no, I like Diablo, and I have always loved Diablo. Actually, I've had a really good time with it. But my problem with Diablo is usually I get to, I get through the main story, I start playing some of the end game, and then it gets very, very repetitive, and I don't have that. Uh, need that grind to, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't yeah, yeah the, it, the, it I, I don't really have down so much yeah. like the, the leveling you know and it was it was just too much grinding for me and I got to the point I was probably level 60 or 70 I was just like this is this is boring the hell out of me because I'm doing the same thing basically over and over and over and over again uh and and I don't need you know I'm not that ARPG guy that you know needs to have those you know, those specific builds and that specific gear and stuff like that. I do enjoy that uh, to a certain extent. And then there's like, a, there's a cap. And then as soon as I hit that cap, I'm like, all right, I'm, I feel pretty good about myself. I don't play with anybody else either. So I'm, I, you know, that might be part of it. Um, but I, I, I still loved it. And I still think it should be for game of the year. Yeah. It was your your, your only hope, Ains, is if, Baldergate doesn't count because it's an early access game. I was just thinking about that. I think it will count. But in the past, they've snubbed games for being early access and like not 
gotten them on there. So I think they've also put fun. remakes on there, though. I mean, you can't really go it's both true. ways. You know, but there was a remake this year, Resident Evil Four, that could also end up on that list. Yeah, for sure. I, which I think I put on there. Um, yeah. I don't. Know I, I and I think that's going to be buried hands. I don't think you have a chance on that one either. I mean, if they choose six, Resident Evil's an easy cut. I mean, that it's a remake. Yeah. Who cares? You know what I mean? Just cut it. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I, 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 at this point, I don't think but... I don't think Starfield or, or Star not Starfield, but Spider Man Two was the other one that I was looking forward to this year. I'm not sure. I mean, it would have to do something really spectacular. And I'm a huge, huge Spider-Man fan. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I, so the interesting thing, I'm looking back at our bet, by the way. Um, yeah, so I don't have Baldur's Gate 3. And I think uh, the interesting one for Travis is Dave the Diver, right? Because yeah. we have to see. That's the interesting one for Travis. The interesting one for Hogue is he has Sea of Stars. Which is stars makes it. I don't think it. I, I, I think, think it's, it's gonna be a fantastic game that's loved, but I don't think it makes this list. Um, this list either, yeah. Yeah, and then I have. I'm actually the only one. I'm trying to look at this. Sorry, because it's. I'm the only one that has Resident Evil Four on the list. Ooh. That's that's it. <laughs> I don't that's think said, so. That said, that I need that because that'll cancel out Baldur's Gate. Right, if if RE4 is on there, then I win back my one versus you guys. Yeah, but if, if both of them are wrong, if it's then not, it's then I'm screwed. Yeah, yeah, then I'm I mean, screwed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all I have to do is not be last. Did That's we really all it. put That's Starfield it. on our list as well? We 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 all put uh, Tears of the Kingdom and we all put Starfield. Yeah, yeah. That is the only two that we all four have. I mean, um, that's good. It's got some variety to it, but yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I don't think I'm gonna win. I don't think Ames is gonna win. I think Hogue is in the same position I'm in, where he put an outlier that's probably not gonna be on there. I think Dan is the best chance at right yeah. now. Dan is the best chance because I the also only... didn't put Diablo four, and that's gonna screw me over. Yeah, and the only the only thing that's interesting now, looking back, if you if you think again about the grandiose scope, does Final Fantasy sixteen make it? Um, no, not even close. So, so Dan. At, oh god i'm screwed I, I think, if that doesn't make it thing, too because i have it as well you have final yeah. fantasy oh my <laughs> no. god you're screwed no way no. dude that's if a there's Jeff only Kaley six gem that's a only six, it doesn't matter if there are only six games damn no problem really? what do i have i got final fantasy 16 starfield diablo 4 Baldur's gate 3 i put spider-man and Tears there. of the Kingdom, yeah, Spider-Man yeah. too. That, I think I'm, Dan, I'm, I think you have the strongest solid. list. Yeah, I think no you problem. have the strongest list, but I think Final Fantasy 16 is a mistake. I don't think it'll win, but I think it'll be on there for sure. I'm in trouble, guys. I'm in trouble. If there's only six. I don't even think it makes the list. But I, again, I th I think we're in for a surprise. I think this year there's going to be 10, 12. You know what I think could sneak on there? Like Alan Wake 2, if it's really, really good. Oh, dude, Alan Wake 2, I hope it gets nominated. I hope I'm yeah. wrong about that one, because that would be amazing. Well, they, and I, again, think of all the games we, we haven't even gotten to yet that haven't yeah. released. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's so many good games. Armor Core 6 comes out next there week. With an act of faith. We don't know. You know what I mean? That was just completely I, perspective. We could all yeah. be wrong about that. Yeah. Yeah. That well, that that's... Yeah, I mean, if we're all wrong, though, it doesn't really matter. That's like, a blood pact. Yeah, that's like here's the like kingdom of Starfield cancel each other out. Basically, we have a yeah. best of four is what yeah. we're down to. Mm -hmm. So, Beautiful. anyway, um, yeah. it's gonna be funny. I'm a little nervous. I got to be honest. So, 
Yeah, your list is not looking good. You got two <laughs> two that are probably almost certainly not going to be on there, and then one that maybe won't be. That's not. I mean, <laughs> I would be nervous if I were you. I think you have the weakest position, but I, I think Dan's probably going to win. Resident yeah. Evil Four, man. I don't know. It's a ninety-four on on. It's uh, a meta. good game, but I just think this is not a year where you celebrate yeah, remakes. This is a year where there's every. I mean, there's so many new IPs and new ideas out there. Um, yeah. Yeah, Silk yeah, Song is coming out this year, I think, as well. Isn't that game coming out? I mean, oh god, I don't... yeah. Like, I if I would have thought about that, I would have put that on my list too, because I think Silk Song is a shoe in. That I think that, that will be that was the one that we will, can, that we will be come back and change our list for though. Yeah, we did say that. that. Yeah, we said that. And yeah. I would yeah. replace Dave the Diver with Silk Song. That would, <laughs> I would then my list would be amazing. Yeah. yeah uh oh. Sure. Uh oh. Yeah. All right. If Silk Song released it, at least I have one mulligan. I can pull one yeah. off. <laughs> you can pull, what's your weakest one? Probably, Probably Resident Evil 4. Yeah, that's the one I would get off. Which there. is crazy to say. Wait, crazy, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to no, say No, it's that. not. It shouldn't, a remake should never be nominated. I agree with that. Never. They're boring. That's old uh, shit. I'm it's not disagreeing game. with you, but just yeah. they are. I get, right? I get you what gotta, you're saying. They you do gotta get play within the rules of the game, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, you're right. You're right. Um... <laughs> well anyway um real quick um i don't know if i'm the only one that has checked this out or not but mortal kombat one anyone you guys playing it hey i wanted before we get off of Baldur's Gate oh. three yeah i yeah, wanted yeah. to ask you guys a question because we didn't get to talk about it i guess uh there was a person developer who okay. said uh he tweeted out something about uh Baldur's gate three shouldn't be held up and raise the standard yeah. raise the standard through RPG, I was just kind of curious as to what you guys thought. I, about I don't know thing. what you guys are referring to. Okay, okay I, so I, I can explain this because IGN got Destin Legary specifically. Yeah, yeah, plus, my, my yeah IGN. He got in the hot water for making a video about it. Yeah. yeah, like a lot of people, I deeply excited about this is a Zalavi. I can't even say Zalavier uh, Nelson Jr. Uh, at Rit Nelson on Twitter x whatever you want to call it like a lot of people i'm deeply excited about what the lovely folks at larian accomplished with baldur's gate 3 but i want to gently preemptively push back against players taking that excitement and using it to apply criticism or a raised standard to rpgs going forward uh you can't separate a game from the process used to build it so let's look at what larian is taking into the development and final version of this game and he lists you know like a very long list of you know like okay it's been in early access since you know for three years uh they've done a couple of massive games 400 developers uh big license uh the brand with dnd and everything uh so basically uh he's got a little tldr here uh in an era of mega games baldur's gate 3 is one of the largest attempted built by a specialized group of people using mature tech specially built to make the this very specific game reinforced by uh, invaluable mass player feedback and market validation ahead of its launch. And he says, this is not the new baseline for RPGs. This is an anomaly. So, and, and people got upset about this. Yeah. Like, why aren't you holding, why wouldn't you say, okay, this is what the standards should be, you know, not, not, yeah. just, and I see where he's coming from too, but I was just kind of curious what you guys thought about it. My thinking. So I, I think I disagree with this guy pretty strongly. And for the record, 
Uh, so do other developers. I think it's important to mention that there were other developers who quote tweeted at that guy or quote zeded at him um, and said like, hey, I disagree. Uh, and, and I think lots of developers probably do not share that sentiment. But I think the reason it caught fire is because um, it was uh, kind of a divisive opinion to have uh, that this doesn't raise the standard. He said one thing in there that you uh, mentioned, Dan, which was um, you can't separate a game from the process used to create it. I strongly disagree. I think that that's a very uh, developer opinion to have. That, And obviously he's a developer, so that's that's his perspective. But uh, the consumer should and is going to separate the game from the process used to create it because the consumer gamers don't care about the process used to create it. That does not concern them. They care about the end product. Um, and so this kicked off a whole bunch of people having very strong opinions. One of those people was uh, IGN, um, IGN legend, uh, Destin Legary. IGN legend. I saw that video. Yeah, who made a video and basically said, "Like, look, I think this. I think this developer is dead wrong. I think that anytime a new game comes out, it does raise the standard." And his video was focused on how pissed off he is at the state of AAA games recently. Uh, that uh, you know, a lot of them have come out broken, buggy, pat, bad technical performance, uh, hastily assembled kind of stuff, and. He referenced, you know, very specific games in there. Like I would consider like Battlefield 2042 is probably a pretty good example of a game that, uh, you know, crawled across the finish line when it was when it was launched. And so his opinion was like, I think this should raise the bar. I think developers, this developer in particular is completely wrong about that. And I tend to agree with that opinion. But yeah. Uh, I think the reason that it was controversial, the reason Destin's video was controversial is because a lot of devs took it personally because uh, I think the headline was like devs are panicking about Baldur's Gate 3 or something like that. Um, and certainly that dev seemed like they were panicking. But I, I mean, look, games, great games come from much smaller teams. And I think every game raises the standard when it's great. Uh, but you, you don't have to do what larian did well to be a great game right like if if somebody has an enormous team and an enormous budget and a lot of time and money to put into a project um you can <clears throat> you can get get better at them in different ways it doesn't always have to be scope you don't have to make a 300 hour 300 hour rpg but like outer worlds was a smaller rpg with a smaller runtime and a smaller budget that came out and was a very competent open world RPG in different ways. It didn't do the scope thing well, but it did like the direction story paths and different ways you can explore and companions uh, really well. So yeah, I just, I, I do disagree with uh, that specific developer. I think a lot of uh, devs also agree with that specific developer, but it was really interesting to see them kind of fighting each other over that, over, over that kind of opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't see any of this, obviously. Um, so I'm first. I'm hearing about it. Um, I generally agree. I think Elu has a great comment here, so I'm going to put this up real quick. Um, he said, "Likewise, he was referencing something else, but he said every game doesn't need to be made in exactly the same fashion. What we need is passion behind projects in whatever form. Passion breeds quality, and yeah. I think that I like that. And I think to Travis's point, um, just hearing about this now." One, every game doesn't need to be Baldur's Gate 3 and have that depth or scope or anything else. But I, I would also 
maybe push back a little bit, at least on what I'm hearing about, not from you guys, but in general about um, early access. Sure, early access gave them the capability to uh, get feedback in real time and kind of evolve what they were doing with the game. But there's other ways to do that. It doesn't necessarily have to be early access, right? And we've seen plenty of examples of developers who have good relationships with their player base or good ways to get feedback from their player base that evolve and create a great game. But um at the same time, I think that Baldur's Gate is a unique type of game. We don't see a lot of games like Baldur's Gate 3, and it almost feels, you guys can tell me if you disagree, it almost feels like this year's Elden Ring, where Elden Ring coming into it prior to launch was looked at as more of a niche game. You know, it's the Souls formula. It's only It only applies to a, a very specific audience that wanted to play that game. And then it launches, and it becomes a worldwide phenomenon and sells a billion copies and whatever it did and it feels like Baldur's Gate 3 has done the same thing it was like this is a deep RPG with all these conversation points and you know it's very dense and it, it's turn-based and you know all these things that are thrown around as kind of non-casual negatives um, you know that don't apply to the broader quote gaming audience and I think what we're finding and I'm I'm loving seeing it by the way is that the gaming audience is much more vast and also at times much more intelligent some of them maybe not but much more intelligent than i think they sometimes get credit for and while the call of duties the fifas and everything that are kind of you know the global year over year games that get played there is a large audience and i would say a growing audience for experiences that are deeper like Baldur's gate 3 like Elden ring and like others um so i don't know if that adds any context but that's just what i got out of hearing what you said yeah yeah it was an interesting conversation. I think it's a uh, it's cool to see those conversations happening in a public forum. I do uh, I do think that some people got a little personally offended by something that I think is all just uh, opinion based. But I actually think this is one of the few debates uh, and conversations that was actually mostly constructive. I would say um, so. It's cool. So Midnight Dreary says, I appreciated Mark Dara's video on this topic. And of course, yeah. we've had Mark, we've had Mark on the show. Mark is awesome, always has great insight. Um, hey, maybe it's time to get him back on, have yeah. a discussion yeah. about this type of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I saw it, I mean, and people need to realize that you know it Baldur's Gate 3, as great as it is, and as well done as you know it is, I mean, you can definitely tell what was live in early access. Act one is amazing. Act two and three, especially Act three, you're starting to get into a lot of problems that yeah. you know that weren't play tested nearly as thoroughly as you know yep. Act one. So and, and more bugs and stuff. Yeah, so many more bugs. Um, and also, don't play this on a Steam Deck that is docked uh, to your giant TV. It's not the best experience. However, I couldn't wait. FOMO got me. Uh, I will also be playing this on PlayStation Five in a couple weeks. So. Yeah, it's it's gonna be, it, it's for sure my game of the year now. I, I'm I'm glad you guys, you know, that was good talk. I enjoyed, you know, kind of. I have to look it up because I, I. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see a whole bunch of very strong opinions. Very like, very uh, strong opinions. Yeah, I, I think people kind of got a little taken away on this one because I kind of just saw it as like good healthy conversation between yeah. people who play games and people who make games. And uh, while I do think that the developer conversation is super interesting i think that there's sort of like two points being made and they're talking past each other a little bit right like the consumer point is that good games should raise the bar triple a games 
should expect we should expect this level of quality from them uh and there was a certain there was a certain kind of like pushback on what the developer was saying uh which you know as a consumer who sort of agrees that the, the games always raise the bar i mean we talk about this all the time is that uh you know games don't exist in a vacuum you can't say oh well grade my review at gate great grade my game as if this other game that did everything better doesn't exist you know what i mean that's just right. not an option uh no peer, peer so, titles uh, have to be considered exactly exactly and i think the argument that like oh this game had a large budget so don't count other don't hold that against other games it's like dude gamers don't care about what your budget is they care about yeah. if your game is good and if you can't be as big and well polished as uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is that's fine but, but, but Travis they only had 15 people working on it yeah see I don't care about that um, <laughs> yeah I I, uh, I I think I think that's ridiculous uh, because you can play games that are huge and ambitious and have crazy scope that 15 people could never accomplish that is certainly true um, but you know then Minecraft comes out and it changes the it, it does things that Baldur's Gate 3 doesn't even try to accomplish and it does you know it it it, it is a 10 out of 10 game in my book um so I I think uh yeah I, I just think that that was sort of an unhelpful I get what that developer was trying to point out like hey not every RPG has this kind of budget but from I I think they by by examining the developer's perspective so closely they sort of they lose the force for the trees when it comes to like yeah but players don't care about that <laughs> players yeah. just care is your game good and you have to find a way to make it good with the resources you have whatever that means yeah. Um, yeah. and so that while that is uh, certainly a cool conversation to have i was seeing i saw some developers piping up pretty strongly being like i disagree with this dude i think you're wrong i think that every time a great game comes out it challenges and should inspire other developers to, absolutely to get better and i, I think that's the right way to think about it so yeah, yeah. I, I don't i don't i don't really care about that stuff i mean it, it's interesting uh food for thought but uh but you know the especially yeah. as a critic as a game reviewer the um the goal is always to be an advocate for the consumer and i don't think you can do that if you're uh letting certain games off the hook and lowering your expectations because they didn't have a big team or big budget. Like it just, it just doesn't matter. It truly does not matter. It doesn't impact the quality of the game. Um, so that's that. Yeah. 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 I think that, uh, and, and Lucius, what's up, man? Um, along the lines, uh, he was just commenting a lot on the season gaming side, but I wanted to call out that it seems like where we get into issues relating to other AAA releases and things is where the scope of a game is larger uh, or more vast than the uh, publisher allows the development team either time, money, and or resources to accomplish, right? Um, where we see, you said Battlefield 2042 is a perfect example, right? It is extremely clear, probably more clear than any game in recent memory that that game was not ready for release. It just wasn't. It was almost unplayable. Um, and when a publisher is dictating that a release date has to be hit and it's clear that the game's not going to hit it, that's where you really get into some troubles. But I think it's fair to say, I don't, I don't think it's outlandish to say that there's been, um, trouble, uh, at launch with a lot of AAA games lately. I, not all, certainly not all. And there's been some fantastic examples, but there's definitely issues that pop up quite frequently. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that was, and that I think that kicked off the second prong of this argument because there was the first argument, 
that was somewhat between developers and I think uh, players saw it and were like, whoa, I don't like the way this guy's talking about uh, things that I shouldn't increase my expectations for games, um, which maybe is kind of an unhelpful thing. But the second prong of the conversation was in a time where lots of AAA games are coming out with microtransactions and uh, you know buggy uh, releases and technical uh, issues and all that, Baldur's Gate 3 comes out and it is like blowing players away and we should get back to that i think was the was the argument so that was sort of a separate uh conversation in my mind i think they were talking past each other but yeah so in that vein i've talked about this a little bit before but now that we're on the topic i'm kind of into this conversation um we've seen many many examples countless examples of a bit major publisher right i'm not going to name anyone but major publishers saying this game has this release date it may get delayed a couple times but eventually there is a a line that a publisher will draw and say the game has to release x right by this date yeah. and the game releases it's not in great shape it gets panned on social media and in reviews and it quickly disappears into oblivion uh let, let's let's pull out our old favorite on this one anthem right yeah. um so you look at an example like that and you say what we we still to this day say what anthem could have been right if they just gave that team more time uh to do what they needed to do um at this point when you see successes like uh, again i'll circle back to elton ring i'll circle back to hogwarts legacy was a game that was delayed for years uh, and landed and blew, you know, the sales in that game were supposedly through the roof. Uh, now Baldur's Gate 3, you start to see all these games that do get delayed and or take extra time to develop, years in some cases. But then they release, they are uh, widely celebrated, and they continue to sell and blow people away for years to come. There has to be, I just have to assume, I don't have any hard numbers here, but I have to assume that there is a case to be made that the delays are worth it, regardless of your fiscal reporting, regardless of the expectations. Um, there has to be a case made that it makes more financial sense at some point to take the hit early so that you can take the longevity and sales success. I think that's true with certain games um, because they're at some point, like if you ask creatives, like when's the perfect time to release your game, they would say like, never, you know what I mean? Like, sure. They, you're always, they, you, you have to, you have to give them some deadline or they'll just keep perfecting it and perfecting it and, and never be finished with it. So I think there's a give and take. I just think to your point, like the take has been a little bit too high. in some of these, like you shouldn't take when the game doesn't work. Right. Like yeah. that's not the point in time where I think uh, watching um, some of the documentaries about how games get made recently, like the one on Psychonauts 2, you see that there's like a scope bloat that happens because yes. creatives just keep coming up with new ideas and they want to put more and more stuff in the game. And somebody has to be there to be like, guys, no, like th this is the game. You have to fit it in this box in this time frame or else the game will never get done. Um I, and I, I think there's a there's a middle ground there between sure get as much time as you want and uh, enough time to finish the game. And I also think it depends how far the game is from finished. Like uh, a game like a, a publisher like Microsoft certainly could have held off Redfall until it was a better game, right? But where you're talking years of development, if you're a a middle publisher and you can't afford, you know, th two to three more years to make Redfall a good game. Sometimes you kind of just got to cut your losses, put the game out and move on to the next project or don't 
put the game out at all if it's if it's that bad if it's really that bad then you know you just cancel the game and you move on to whatever whatever new idea you have um but yeah it's a it's an interesting conversation um i i don't think in the triple a space specifically we're in a very good spot because they don't even have an excuse right like they have the budget to harbor losses on the books and keep a game in development for a little while longer to fix it i think that's what people were uh, were upset about i, I think yeah. that it changes you know it, it's it's also probably a different set of standards for bigger publishers or studios than you do for you know the smaller indie ones you know it, but we've also seen probably within the last five years a lot of these big indie studios just come out with humongous hits you know and, and well done games you know, as much as I dislike Hades, you can argue that, I mean, it, it did it, it was nominated for game of the year. You know, it was, it was people loved that game and I understand, you know, and, and it was a well done game. It, but, you know, I, I'm always somebody, you know, I want, I set my expectations pretty high. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I buy less now, I think than I did before. Uh, and I, I want, I want that quality there. And I think we've seen, you know, it's just kind of all over the place, you know, Hogwarts legacy. I was excited for, but I, I never expected it to be as good as it, as it was when it launched. Um, Baldur's gate three. I was super excited for it's way more than I expected it to be. Um, but it, I don't know, man, it, it's, I can see both sides and, and I think, uh, I'm fine with like people delaying games if it's going to make it better, you know, but if you delay it, let's take cyberpunk, for example, you know, 20 times or whatever they did, it's, you know, a little bit hyperbolic, but it's, they delayed it so many times and it still came out with some pretty big issues, um, mm -hmm. you know, for whatever reason. So, I mean, and that was one of those games, I think even like a long time ago, I tweeted, I was like, you know, if, if like Pong was my first game, you know, my alpha, then this is going to be my Omega, you know, it's going to be, this could be the game that just is done. You know, that's it for me. I'm just going to leave gaming. I'm going to be good. This is going to, you know, and then I got it and I was like, damn, this is not what I was, you know, but it's still good. It was still a good game. I just, you know, there were so many issues and stuff. And it's just, it's just, I don't know, man. It seems like that's what is just happening more and more. And it's kind of becoming the norm. And I think that's bad, uh, you know, but, you know, I, I'm not a developer. I don't know what it takes to go and you know all this stuff it, it takes to, to make but you are a consumer right and right. so you know what the end result is and that I, that's my point is like i know what it, day, i want it to be exactly at the end of the day all of the developer problems are not your problem right and that, that might feel like a cold way to look at it but if you're trying to be an advocate for players that's the way you have to look at it that's the way i look at it when i do reviews because you're answering the question is this game good Right. right. Not is it good for the number of people that made it and for the budget like that 100%. stuff does not matter if you're a player. And so I, th I understand the, the frustration from players because they don't know what's happening. They just know that they pay $70 from a game and what they get doesn't feel like doesn't feel like a good transaction to them. And that's really all you need to know. Right. If, if they don't like the what they're getting then they they get a game like Baldur's Gate that comes out and they love that, then then it's of course they're going to say. Hey, look, uh, I want more games to be at this level of quality, or I want them to be this level of polish, or I want them to do early access because clearly that helped the game or whatever. That's 
that's that's unavoidable player expectation is going to is going to evolve no matter what you can't control that mm-hmm. yeah and I, I think it's a funny place we get into with the game industry in general right because i think oftentimes if you go to see a movie you're not going into the movie thinking well this movie got delayed a bit it changed directors uh you know i'll be more forgiving because it had issues behind the scenes you just care if the movie's good or uh, a music album's good or any other form any any to travis's point basically anything you buy you don't care how the sausage was made just if the sausage tastes good um and uh, i mean some people care about how it's made but those people are annoying and and not (laughs) you know what i mean though yeah they're not fun at parties that will talk to you about did you know the sausage was made and and you're just like oh god please stop coming to these things (laughs) it wasn't wasn't literal it was not literal (laughs) Um. but but interestingly interestingly that parallel exists in games too because there's people that'll do that right they'll be like oh well it was made by ea so you can't have people playing it because they're evil you know what i mean well, that's yeah, like, that you know, I mean, but then you see the opposite end of this is Madden released, you know, last week, and it was exactly. a shit show, a complete exactly. crap show with you know servers not working, people couldn't get it. Oh, really? They can only play quick play. Yeah. Oh, it was a disaster. It was a complete yeah. disaster. They've done it, this really bad four times, I guess. You know, or yeah. however many and, they've done it. More than I, that. I think, and I think that's the headline here, right? Like, I think devs were having a very different discussion amongst themselves, and players saw that discussion and they took it one way. But like from the player perspective. The headline is there's something happening in game releases that we really don't like and we want Baldur's Gate to be an example of how you put out a game. That's really all it it comes down to. And I get that some devs are saying, well, they had more time, they had more budget, blah, blah, blah. That's all fine. I don't think anybody is saying stop making the game you're making and make it more like Baldur's Gate. They're talking about quality, right? That's what they're talking about. They're talking about, I want a game that feels the same way that I felt when I played Baldur's Gate, which is that I played it and everything worked and I felt good about my purchase. That's what they're saying. I think devs are having a separate conversation, which is why I think they were talking past each other a little bit. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great point, Dan. Like Madden came out this week. It's a $70 game. It is terrible. It's like very, it's a very, very bad game. I'm not even reviewing it, but like the little I've played, I'm like, dude, this is, this the is unforgivable. It was a hundred dollars like, for early right. access. Hundred dollars so for early access. Hey, can yeah. I can Get I tell you there. something? Man, I I looked at the because uh, I look at this all the time. The Xbox Live most played games. I looked at this morning. Madden. You know how there's different editions on Xbox yeah, yeah, that show yeah. up. Yeah. All three of Madden 24 are in the top 20 played. Of course they are. Yeah. Those games sell, dude. They move units. Yeah. I know. I know that the core gamer is a real person and I know them. I'm friends with a lot of them and they buy Call of Duty and Madden and that's all they buy. Maybe oh, yeah. they'll buy one other game a year like if it's really big like Elden Ring or something. But like those gamers are out there and they play it and I I, I just, I, I totally understand the consumer grief on this one. Like I, I get why players are upset and why uh, Baldur's Gate sort of gives them hope and all that. But you know, I, I think it's overblown because if you only play AAA games, you're only seeing a very specific type of development cycle. And I think that development cycle sets you up for disappointment a little bit. If you play lots of games, then you you don't really see that same narrative and people that play lots of games where they're like, oh, the industry's in trouble. So many games come out that are broken. Like nobody who plays lots of games thinks that. People who play just AAA though, they're they're seeing a different industry right they're like they're like this is not good for us we play battlefield we play madden all these games feel bad what's going on you know they're they're upset 
and I, I think that's what that's that's the gamer that, that was talking that was uh upset in the comments and so it was really interesting Ains, this week yeah yeah i missed it i missed uh, it um, ign had a ton of people that were really really pissed about the article that Destin wrote and i think he did a follow-up piece as well i um, think the problem with that article travis wasn't i think the content for me as much the as headline. the was the headline yeah I mean, it really should have you I mean he kind of he didn't have to do that but i understand yeah why i mean but i i didn't do it he makes some good points i watched the video yeah. you know? i think I he think made good points and i think i think the headline was true devs panicking like it, maybe one or two i think a lot of devs maybe. who are not panicking who like they took it personally right right that's what that's what it felt like well that's the thing you know so, you, you can't it's it's gaming twitter though right it's it's gaming yeah one thing happens one guy does something and i saw it you know we saw it yesterday the starfield thing with the starfield thing. one guy said something <laughs> the entire xbox fan base uh-huh. lost their crap and everything yeah. all of a sudden it's just like listen it's one guy right you basically yeah it's one guy with a bad opinion his, his little tiny match yeah. Instead of just extinguishing it and not giving it, you know, just terrible opinion. That. By the way, terrible we've seen a lot opinion. of those. It was like, also you, like a I, IGN that. also got in trouble this week for posting an article and not mentioning Xbox by oh name God. in the tweet headline. Like the things that we're getting, that people are getting upset about, it just it never ceases to amaze me. It's it's very. I'll tell you what, I, I gotta I gotta be one hundred percent with Dan on this one. It's nice when you're not paying attention to any of it. Yeah, I know, right? No, one hundred percent is, I, and I. Here's the thing: I'm one of those guys where nothing bothers me. So I, I get that some people internalize and feel terrible after they see people on the internet being idiots. But literally, I, I just it's water off a duck's back with me. Like I see it and I go, "That's a dumb opinion." Anyway, <laughs> what next? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't. I don't yeah. bother. It doesn't bother me. I don't get involved in it. I just go, oh, "That's just a really stupid opinion." Oh wow, people are mad at IGN for not saying Xbox in the title, huh? next you know what i mean yeah. doesn't bother me so i i i 100 you should unplug if that thing bothers me if you're sociopath like me then you know you can just yeah I'm be unaffected by it yeah uh, well that's a good uh good segue conversation it's a really man. good discussion yeah like yeah. yeah uh we've got a couple super chats that came in specifically about Baldur's gate 3 so let's get to those before we move on cool okay let's see uh debbie with a ten dollar super chat sorry i'm Kind of messing around here. Uh, it sounds like Baldur's Gate 3 kept some of its Bioware roots with the depth of conversation options, which is great if so. More gamers should do that. Yes, it, it uh, definitely games, has games, some, not game, gamers. Games. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> games should do that. I agree with that. I think it does have some of those roots, but also, I mean, it's got a lot of uh, what was the other one? I can't. Why is it literally? What the hell did Larian do before that? Uh, Pillars Divinity of Eternity. Oh, Pillars of Eternity is Obsidian. Yeah. yeah, that's why I was thinking Pillars of Eternity. That's what I knew it wasn't that. Yes. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I so. it, by this one, like, they take that and what Bioware did and then extrapolate it into, like, I can't even imagine what the diagram looks like to yeah. where you get to the end game of where you're at and the choices that you make. It, it's got to be insane because, yeah. I mean, there's so many things uh, that affect another thing that affect another thing. And it's they seem like trivial kind of choices at the moment, and then next thing you know, it's just like, man, I really screwed up somewhere back in Act One, and I don't remember where. You know, I'm trying to like get you know certain people in my party, and and I'm just like, why, why didn't this work? What happened? What you know? Then I talked to, to one person, and next thing I know, everybody's dead. I've, <laughs> I've I've seen two or three different endings so far. 
and I'm still going because I just go back to my save. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. That was a huge mistake. I just saw the credits roll. Um, and yeah, I'm just like, man, this is nuts. How many endings did they say? They had? Like 1,700 or something like that? Or, no, 1,700 <laughs> endings? How many endings did they say they had? Like, there was, it was hundreds, well, I, I know, it? I know Divinity Original Sin had like more than a dozen. There's way more than that original here. endings, but yeah, I, I think that what they're counting as an ending is you know at the end where they say the outcome of every like yeah, faction right. that you interacted with, and they all have different. I think they're fudging the numbers there a little bit with the combinations you get. Like, yeah. oh well, yeah. if you have even one different, then it's technically a different ending. Uh, but my 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 to their credit, the game is extremely dense and complicated and it feels like right. your story no matter what you get and i think that's yes. the important thing i think the number of endings if people take yeah, that number literally 000. they're going to be yeah they're going to be disappointed right <laughs> if they think oh there's seventeen thousand completely different outcomes it's, no <laughs> there's probably like you know 20 and then and then there's different well, colors and shades in there between all the yeah. different factions and stuff. There, there's there's one thing that could cause that number but I mean, you kind of have to play through it to kind of see what I'm talking about. But when you see it, you and you'll know it. Maybe, yeah. Assuming that you did one certain thing in the very beginning of the game, I'm talking in the first like 30, 40 minutes. You know, what I mean, that's that's how crazy this system is, and I I, I love it because this is gonna. I don't. I like to play games over, like I play, you know, maybe one time through. This one's gonna be a no no problem. This is gonna yeah. be easy because it'll be, I think, a completely different experience. Uh, Knowing what I know now, maybe I can make some better decisions, or maybe I go back and just be like a super chaotic, evil, you know, piece of garbage. You know, we'll see what happens. I think that's the nice thing about these games is uh, just the replayability over the years and decades to come. These are games that'll be played for forever. Yep. So, yeah, cool. Thank you, Debbie. I'm probably barely even going to finish one playthrough. If that, I might not, I might not even finish one playthrough. We'll see if (laughs) I actually get there. Yeah. I think for me personally, and I, obviously we all have our own things we prefer, I think Starfield's going to hit bigger for me because I'm more of a uh, in-the-action explorer. Like this, I that Starfield will have a little more pace to it than yeah. Baldur's Gate 3. As much as I adore Baldur's Gate 3, what I've played so far of it, it is a very intensive game, right? Whereas I feel like I could probably, uh, I think over the long term, Starfield's going to, but just having both those games released a month apart is kind of nuts think about that too so i mean it's kind of i mean it's, it's it, you know larry made a big call there when when starfield i think when starfield's release date was out they were like okay we're gonna move it up right and well it was we'll, obviously the right move you know big time Jesus. i mean that was yeah. a, you know sometimes you got to do that too you know instead of delaying you kind of you know roll the dice and see what happens and you know they've got some problems but yeah pacing is i don't think you're ever gonna escape that with that game it's just so deliberate and everything you do takes a long time they need to you know do a few things like just like quality of life things like be able to switch your characters way easier than what you have to do now because now you have to basically talk to the character you want out of your party then you have to you know talk to him for a minute then you have to go over to the next person talk to them to get into your party there should be like a quick swap option you know yeah. don't, don't add all that. that all that yeah. stuff you know that kind of stuff would make the game go a lot faster um yeah. and once they get that stuff in there I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's it's going to be, I think, talked about for a long time. So, yeah, yeah great yeah. game in a year awesome. that you know is full of them. So, yeah, Debbie, thank you very much for the super chat. 
Older gamer in the house. Older gamer with the $8 Canadian. Uh, I think Baldur's Gate 3 should be celebrated and successes or success will inspire others. What gamers also love is the absence of microtransactions in Baldur's yeah. Gate 3. That is very true. Uh, haven't seen anything remotely. I think there's like a digital deluxe pack that you can get. With uh, it. I don't think so. But yeah, that was another part of the. Uh, there were so many prongs of this conversation. But yeah, one of them was. And also, it doesn't do a lot of things that gamers don't like, specifically gamers that play open world RPGs, by the way. There's a lot of like single player gamers who are really annoyed by microtransactions. And sure. I get why they would be annoyed by microtransactions in their games. But I do think microtransactions work in a lot of different games and different models. Yes. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, 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 that was another uh, thing of the conversation. I think Destin might have introduced. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Older Gamer, good to see you, man. Thank you very much. And our regular Gecko is back in the house. Hey, Gecko. Uh, ever since I've gotten more into theme parks, I have seen less nonsense about gaming and have been oblivious to leaks, which is nice. <laughs> which is nice. Like yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, awesome. Sometimes it's on nice social to media unplug. A little bit, man. That's all you got to do. Nice, nice like, to unplug. I go, it's funny because I've got you know, my, you know, my, my list or whatever on Twitter. And then you've got the for you section over there. That you know just shows like stuff that they think that you'll be interested in, or people that I follow whose tweets I don't see for some reason. It's because I've muted words like Xbox and PlayStation. Oh wow! And, <laughs> and you're gonna miss anything. a lot on that. I'm, oh, I bet I am. But see, you know that's what? why IGN wrote that because... article without Xbox in the headline. We were just trying to get Dan to. But I get to interact with people the same way I did before. And you don't have to really talk about crazy, stupid stuff, you know. And I, and if I need to see information on those platforms, I'll, I'll go look for it, you know, by myself. I just don't need it on my timeline. That's all. It, yeah. it quite a bit of stuff, you know, which yeah. is great. It's fantastic. Yeah. Gecko, thank you. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well. All right, guys. Um, so let's talk about some of the the bigger kind of game news that uh, this past week. And, and Travis, I do want to get to Destiny uh, shortly because the showcase here is coming up on Tuesday. And I know last time we talked two weeks ago, we were going to uh, give you time to talk about Destiny, and we were on all sorts of tangents, and we yeah. did. So, um, but before we get to that, I just want to mention uh, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Three, which is actually our cover this week because, mm. um, you know, Call of Duty and I. I I don't have to tell anyone about Call of Duty, right? Um, but this year is going to be Modern Warfare 3. And I think they're doing some really unique things here. And a lot of people that I talk to in the competitive shooter space are actually, uh, I've seen them very, very excited about Call of Duty, some of them for the first time in years, um, which is pretty interesting. I personally, I think what they're doing is really neat. Um, but I just, this year has too many games for me to try and focus on Call of Duty. But Regardless, uh, if you're not aware of what they're doing, here's some of the details, and, and you can find this full rundown on uh, on our site too. But it's releasing late this year, November 10th, uh, which is a little later than they normally release, uh, I think late October or at least first week of November. But November 10th, it's Modern Warfare 3. On the campaign side, it is going to be the first time they're doing a direct sequel. So if you played Modern Warfare 2, uh, Modern Warfare 3 is a direct sequel uh, story-wise to what happened in that game. So again... It's not really kind of like a uh, a remake of the classic Modern Warfare 3, right? They're, they're kind of keeping it in this modern era, if you will. Um, the other thing they're doing for the first time is while it'll have Call of Duty mission structure like normal in some cases, there's going to be other levels that are the first that are calling open combat missions, which are kind of like open areas. So you can approach them 
in different ways, right? So if you prefer to play stealth, you can stealth it. If you prefer to just blow everything up, you can do that. And that's going to go along with their new system, which is like gear, where you can outfit your character in different loadouts and gear, like actual gear, like gloves, boots, pants, all those sorts of things. Um, <clears throat> so I think campaign is going to be quite uh, interesting in that regard, maybe compared to some of the uh, Call of Duty campaigns, which are traditionally pretty linear. You're right. You're like on rails pretty much the whole time. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. On the multiplayer side, this is where I see people getting, at least in, in the arena of gamers I talk to that are really excited. Um, so it's Modern Warfare 3, but it's going to launch with all 16 of the original Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer maps fully remade. So um, if you go back to 2009, I believe, when Modern Warfare 2 released, I think anyone who was a shooter fan at the time knows how big that game was. It was kind of revolutionary. Um all of those 16 maps are coming back, and all of the modes in the new game are going to be playable on those maps, um, including a new mode called Cutthroat, which is 3v3v3. So almost like Halo's old multi-team. Um, Ground War and Invasion are in as well. Those are the big game modes they introduced last year uh, with three new battle maps. And then the War mode, which hasn't been seen since 2017, is coming back, which is like the huge, gigantic map, Fallout War, almost like Battlefield. Um, <clears throat> they're also making some changes to, um, you know, the way movement happens, new stances, things like that. And they're bringing back some of the classic stuff like map voting, uh, lobbies, red dots on the mini map perks, all that kind of classic modern warfare multiplayer stuff that we grew up with years ago, uh, which is really cool to see. Um, they're doing a really good job over there in terms of, you know, kind of advancing the shooter genre while paying homage to the past. Um, and then, of course, Zombies is included in this package, too. And for the first time, it's going to be Zombies that's going to be able to be uh, multiple squads. So teaming up with groups it's like you and your friends and other group of people fighting in an open world zombie space. So like a big collective PVE experience together, um, solving mysteries or secrets, all that stuff like, you know, Zombies for. But it's the first time yeah. where multiple teams can team up like that. So. Sounds like a very, very big package. I mean, Call of Duty, as we know, is massive as it is, but they have like, you know, there's like nine studios working on this game. So it's like the amount of development time and money being put into it um, is really impressive. And I think it's actually kind of a funny study in terms of just how vast AAA game development has gotten, right? Call of Duty is kind of this unique thing now. Um, but it sounds great. Uh, I don't know personally if I'm going to get into it just again because of how many other games are releasing this year. But um, I think if you're a Call of Duty fan, this is sounding like shaping up to be a major, major release, which is kind of funny because I believe it was late last year. The rumors from some of the big insiders were that Call of Duty was skipping 2023, that there wasn't going to be a release. Uh, and in fact, we're getting probably the biggest release we've seen from Call of Duty this year. So anyway, yeah, that's Call of Duty. Interesting. I would like to play the campaign and that would be it. <clears throat> yeah. And I don't think you're alone. I think... Um, I actually have a comment here earlier today. Shadow Writer on Twitter said, uh, I'll sit back with it later uh, He's to, to read all the details. He said, regarding Call of Duty, I'm not a PvP gamer, um, but he said the campaign and even the open world zombie mode sound, uh, you know, very interesting. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, I, I'm interested in this one. Um, I like old Call of Duty, but I don't think nostalgia really works. I think it gets people nope. excited and then when they actually play it they go oh yeah this is nostalgic but also not as good as i thought it was like uh i don't know golden eye remake right it's like a thing Oof. where people people think they want it and then they play it and they go oh yeah th that's why it's nostalgic because it was worse than it is today 
um, which to me is the biggest vindication that things are always getting better, which is why Hogan and I disagree so often. A man who is <laughs> utterly dominated by his nostalgic uh, <laughs> sensibilities. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 I'm interested to see if that'll actually, uh, if that'll actually hold. I well, if they play on nostalgia while seriously innovating and doing some new and cool stuff. Well, I that's what I was going to say. Keep in mind, it's just the maps, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not like you're playing Modern Warfare 2, right? It, it's just the maps. And, and as we've seen, Halo Infinite's a good example of this, right? They've had, they have a new playlist in Infinite came out like a month ago that has remade classic maps from Halo 2, 3, etc. And it's been a big hit. People are loving it. Because it's all the modern yeah. gameplay, right? It's everything Halo Infinite is, but you're just playing on the spaces you remember playing as a kid. And uh, yeah, it's a lot just, of fun. I think uh, like a lot of those spaces weren't designed <laughs> for the toolboxes that you now have, right? Like you're, they, they were in Infinite, and supposedly they are in Modern Warfare Three. Meaning, yeah. like height levels are changed for leap it, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. angles are changed depending on movement. Yeah. So That's if they if they can capture the spirit, I just think like. If you said, hey, do you want a Halo 2 or Halo 3 map uh, in Halo Infinite? Or do you just want like new maps in Halo Infinite that are at that level? I would say, give me the new map. You know, that's my personal preference. But sure, I also think sure. I also think most people want that. I don't think most people want to play an old game or in, uh, in a souped up version of an old game. Most of the time. That's, I agree. That's my, my personal opinion. But again, I'm a little, anytime somebody says like, oh, it's going back to his roots or it's got nostalgia in it, I get a little bit concerned because I'm like, I just don't <laughs> think that works. I think it generates hype. And then I think people go, oh yeah, not good. I mean, look at backwards compatibility. So much hype. And then you look at the numbers of who actually plays backwards compatible games. And it's like, no one, like no one actually plays it. So, All right, so according to Microsoft. According to Microsoft, according to Microsoft, it's like 3% or 5% or something like that. It's like no one actually plays those games. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm more optimistic about it than uh, I usually am about uh, Call of Duty. So, Me too. Yeah. And Call of Duty multiplayer, no matter what they say, usually because they're good at generating hype. They've always been good at generating hype. No matter what they say. Every year I jump back into it, and after about a dozen hours, 20 hours, I get bored just because it is point-and-shoot multiplayer. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just Chaotic. not for me. Yeah, there, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not my thing. Um, but I'm hoping, hoping that uh, you know this is, is really cool. And again, the 16 MW2 maps is really cool. MW2 was like a revelation, man. That game was incredible. Um, by the way... This thing's the most interesting thing to me, because... If they do that well, it could be really, really fun. Yeah, if you can, yeah. if you can recapture that old school feel of having to trigger secrets and all that, I think that has potential. As long as they're different secrets, an original take on that, I think they, I think that could be fun. I love ARG stuff. Yeah. Um, by the way, it looks like uh, member comments are showing up now. So if you're a channel member, either on SG or Hogue channel, and put a member comment, and it is actually showing up over here on our stream now. What? So I can. Oh, well, that's weird. So that's Big mad cool. mo. Cool. All right, eleven days until I get lost in space. Starfield will steal all my time. Great show as <laughs> always, guys. Also, Halo is popping again. It is. Any more streams coming in? I don't yeah, know. Uh, Halo has been. Uh, I've had many people ask me to talk about the resurgence of Halo Infinite on here. I don't think we need to do that necessarily because I talk about Halo too much as it is. But mm -hmm. yes, I mean the, the long and the short of it is is that Infinite is doing extremely well right now the pros are 
being outspoken about how good it is right now. There is ridiculous amount of content in that game now. If you have not, if you were a Halo fan who checked out Infinite early and kind of were disappointed, go back to it and check it out. It's a completely different. Are game people playing it, it though? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's in the again. It's back in the top twenty of played. Um, I know there's some. Um, there's a couple guys out there that do like API connections to show how many people are playing it actively, and it's very active. Um, so it's really cool. Um, it has is the that full on career. Xbox or Steam? It, Steam is never a good indicator of Xbox games because remember, yeah. Steam doesn't count Game Pass or anything play because that's on Xbox app. It doesn't yeah. go through Steam. So you're, so you're Steam, talking about Xbox numbers specifically. Well, but, but, but you can be on PC. It just doesn't go through Steam. Yeah, Steam so does not own the is, PC is ecosystem. Oh, the top twenty yeah, specifically yeah. is on Xbox. Yes, yeah, sorry, Xbox Live. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, th- yeah. that's yeah. So that's my because Xbox Live is <laughs> a small pool of players. So getting on the top twenty takes a lot huh. fewer players than uh, doing it on like a, a Steam or a PlayStation or whatever. So that was my question. That's it, that's not strictly true. It's it's smaller, but not by a lot. It's over one hundred and twenty million people. Hundred. 120 million people are counted in the pool of people who are playing, or there's 120 million people who have Xbox profiles monthly active on Xbox Live because Xbox Live is inclusive of their PC player base as well. Remember, mm. interesting. That's that's where things always got weird with Xbox because once they brought everything together, it was still called Xbox Live, but it includes players no matter where you're playing. Does that make I'm sense? I'm just wondering how they're counting monthly players because like do you have to go into the xbox app and play a game from that app or yes. does it you play people who play on steam and it's an xbox game also count no because it makes you well, log well, into well, xbox live if you do that's it on, true yeah so on I, that, that's, my question is about how big of a pool because i feel like <laughs> you know like if you look at xbox like most played madden can get up there because there's a bunch of like foreheads downloading madden but it's still like a small <laughs> group of players you know what i mean like it's, it's, i know what you mean you know, yes yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, as far as i understand it and i've you know i've looked at this data 20 ways it is if you log into your xbox live profile and play at least one game in a month that's your monthly active user on Xbox Live. Doesn't matter okay. if you're on an Xbox console, just anywhere. So then they're counting anybody who plays <laughs> Minecraft on any platform because it makes you sign into Xbox Live. Correct. Switch, Correct. And they're counting. Okay, yeah. So that that's interesting. I, I I'm still guessing most of that is probably like Minecraft players and like you know stuff that Xbox owns that you have to log in to play. But uh, okay, all right, that's cool. Yeah, I'm guessing Minecraft um, is at the top. Would be my guess at number one. On no, one. actually, if you if uh if you look if you look every month, it's Fortnite's number one. Oh, Call, right, of, right, Duty, yeah. Call of Duty's number two. Um, Rainbow Six Siege is up there. Apex is up there. Roblox is up there. Minecraft is up there somewhere. Uh, sports games, FIFA, Madden, um, Halo. Sports games, FIFA. Madden. Uh, Love that. Red Red Dead. Sorry, I, I, I think I think you mean sports slash racing games, Ains. You gotta throw, you gotta throw those um, genres together. They count, bro. Um GTA mm. five and Red Dead Two are always up there every month. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um so anyway, those, those, anyway. Those are the people who are playing Madden right now. They logged off of the GTA profiles <laughs> to go before heads in Madden. <laughs> dude, I love GTA five, but the people who play it are the worst, dude. They're the guys who are like playing with the 
you know, they've got a, their music playing on a speaker and they've got, they're playing their mic through like a, a Bluetooth speaker and you can hear all the yeah, noise yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. vaping, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, just all like, uh, man, it's tough to be in a lobby <laughs> in GTA five. But I think, um, no, Mo, shout out to you. Uh, as for streams, it should be if I get time. It, it's the same as always. There's so many games, so many things to try and do. So I would like to. Uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, Halo's a really good time right now. Uh, really positive around that. It's been it's been nice to see. Those of us who have lived through Infinite for the past two years and enjoyed it the whole time but recognized some of its issues, it's a really good time right now. So, um, Damn. Well, yeah. I would wish I had time to check that out. I gotta play more Starfield. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Destiny Two showcase this Tuesday, Ooh. the twenty second, nine a.m. Pacific, twelve p.m. Eastern. It is to discuss the final shape, which, as I understand, is the end of this light and dark saga. You've talked about this before, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of the chatter about Destiny over the past couple of weeks, as I understand it, has been uh, extremely negative. Apparently, from yes. what you've told me, uh, they had a state of the game which was just pretty much horrendous. Was not what players wanted to hear. And <laughs> yeah. uh, the state know, of the game is sad. <laughs> Literally. So for those for those who don't know about this, I'm sure we have lots of viewers who, and you know, you're you're probably you're you live blessed lives if you didn't follow this um <laughs> if you were spared from this uh new cycle uh but basically the um what happened was bungie puts out these things every once in a while called state of the game which are long form blog posts that talk about uh what's going on with destiny and what the future looks like and what's happening in the game right now um yeah the final shape is a final shape is is a hundred extra gigs on your hard drive that's the final shape of destiny um uh the basically so usually the expectations from these sorts of things are they set up for the future they'll be like hey guys here's what we think we're doing well here's what we think we can improve on and here's the stuff we're working on um what happened this time is they opened with hey guys here's the state of the game crucible is on its deathbed we are doing nothing to fix it. Gambit, another mode in Destiny, is dead. We're announcing that here. We're killing that completely. And um, we're also making some other small changes. And peace. <laughs> and that was it. That was the state of the game. It was, Yikes. hey guys, we're killing our, our multiplayer mode. It's 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 on its deathbed. It's on life support, and we're, we have no plans to fix it. And it's, Gambit it, is dead. It's been on its deathbed for years. That PvP I mean, is no you're, good. You're right, but they but they have always said we're reinvesting, we're reinvesting, we're reinvesting, and they put out a post that was like, nah, actually, we're not going to reinvest. <laughs> we changed we're, our mind. We're just going to let it die, basically. Um, and so people were real depressed about this. And what's hilarious is they put it out on a Friday. I think it was a Friday or maybe a Thursday be- right before. They put it on the weekend of Guardian Con, the Destiny <laughs> convention. And so they put out the post while everyone was in Florida together. And they were like, the state of the game is get a new job, everyone. It's like it's like laying everybody off at the Christmas party, basically, is what happened, right? <laughs> like they had like a big like get together to celebrate the game. And then they're like, hey. I hope you don't make crucible content because good luck with that in the future. Um, it was very depressing. And so people have been pretty hard on destiny. I said over a year ago when they first revealed lightfall, 
that I was worried about destiny. And I thought you did. Delightful, I give you credit. Delight, you did <laughs> the, the delightful year was probably going to be its toughest year. That has proven to be true. Uh, a lot of longtime destiny content creators are announcing that they're stopping destiny uh, or that they have plans to stop it at the end of final shape. Um, and there's just a lot of general sadness. A lot of, a lot of, people have their livelihood attached to the success of destiny because if destiny doesn't do well, they don't have YouTube videos that do well. Right. Uh, because that's their niche, right? They make a lot of games for destiny or make a lot of videos for destiny. Um, and so it's pretty interesting to see it on the creator side. People are pretty uh, upset about it, but also just from a player side, anecdotally speaking, pretty much everyone I know who's playing destiny is either currently upset at the game has uninstalled it or is feeling just really down on it. And these are people who play the game more than me by a lot. Like one of them hit me up and said, I, I uninstalled the game. Like I'm not going to play it anymore. And I was just like, Oh my God, like you play the game seven days a week. Like he, like it's like those types of people. So um, people are pretty upset about it to Bungie's credit. They put out a uh, video. Um, Joseph Staten put out a video the, that I, I thought was, um, uh better and basically he said hey the state of the game was bad we acknowledge that sorry about that guys and here's some optimistic news about way we're changing strategy and things that we're improving um and i thought that was a nice start but it doesn't really fix the core problem of destiny which is that they have a content pipeline problem and the game isn't fun right now and everybody's upset about it uh but if they had any momentum from the witch queen going into the ending of destiny they have lost a lot of that goodwill with uh, subpar communication, content lightness, and a really bad expansion that was Lightfall. And I think, uh, I, I, man, I mean, they're going into, they're sliding across the finish line with uh, the final shape in, in the, the saddest way possible. And it's so, on gravel face first. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's the worst way to go into what is supposed to be their most triumphant moment. Um, and, uh, I, I think the reception of Lightfall has a lot to do with it. The fact that they put out Lightfall at all. Um, but it's brutal, man. It's pretty brutal right now. So it's actually, it's not funny, but it is, uh, I guess comical in a way because as a three, four, three defender, as much as I can be, uh, of Halo over the past nearly two years since Infinite launched. And so many of those old school Halo fans always love to say, Bungie wouldn't make these mistakes and, you know, Bungie ran Halo better and Bungie this and Bungie that and Bungie this. And then you look at the arc that Halo, that Infinite's taken versus what Destiny's taken over the past year and you realize it's not necessarily the company. There's a lot of other factors that come into play think, here. Yeah, I think managing big games is hard. I think 343 has made mistakes that are unforgivably bad in the past, uh, you know, since the launch of, of Infinite. But I wouldn't look to Bungie as the gold standard anymore. I think that they know how to make live service games, but I think a lot of their team is working on other stuff. A lot of their uh, brain trust is probably working on different Sony projects. And so, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be, uh, I would, I would be, uh, they're, they're, they're both have problems. Both of the studios could learn a oh three four two. yeah three four three yeah. has gone through the ringer the past year but i think yeah, a lot really of is. we've talked about it. i won't even get into that that's more due to microsoft yeah. than three for three at times but yeah but anyway. bungie bungie is not a perfect company they make huge mistakes i think that they've mismanaged bungie or mismanaged destiny in the last year in particular 
I think a lot of people get the impression that they're distracted because they're working on marathon. And we know a lot of their uh, biggest vets are on that project and not on destiny. Um, and so it's a, it's not a situation. I am going into Tuesday, this big reveal with extremely low expectations. I think that they're going to talk about the new expansion. They're going to reveal some story stuff and some activity stuff that you do in that game and that they're not going to answer a lot of questions that people have, which is what does the future of destiny look like? What is your guys plans to fix it? Et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't think that that's going to show up at all. It, I'm glad that they're starting to talk about that, starting with the Staten video, but um, I, it's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Pretty bad. Well, yeah, I, I hope obviously gets better. I'm not a Destiny player. We've said this before, but yeah, I remember us talking a year and a half ago when you reviewed Witch Queen, and because that was March of last year, if I recall correctly, or Febu February or March. Um, February and I remember March. how, yeah, and I remember how positive not only you but everyone I talked to about it were that it was great campaign and great yeah. story, and you know had all these cool like things. Finally coming together, they're doing it, guys. <laughs> yeah. And then since then, it feels like it's been a downhill slide. So uh, we'll see. I guess on Tuesday, we'll talk about it next week, obviously, get updated yep. thoughts from Travis on that. And, um, you know, let's hope for the best. Uh, so we do have who's, the, who's the new gold standard if Bungie has slipped off in live service? It depends what you're talking about. Live service, I think the gold standard has always been Fortnite recently. Sure. Um, but uh, they they make a very different type of content. And so you can't really hold them up against Bungie because uh, Destiny makes a lot of story content and campaign content and stuff like that and Fortnite just throws a new map and some skins at you and they just they do goofy fun stuff so i think Fortnite is the standard for live service but they also have a very easy homework assignment in my estimation because it's a multiplayer game with it kind of re refills its own content constantly um, it's so. it's very different when you have an engaging ongoing narrative that you're trying to yeah. do like a campaign experience versus just yeah. multiplayer one you're making a, a a pve like sh first person shooter like it's just a very different assignment so yeah somebody in the comments is mentioning warframe i think warframe is really good they do something really similar final fantasy 14 doesn't they're not a live service but they are an ongoing game that i think is super high caliber in terms of their output um yeah, I mean, there's there's would, lots of examples. I, they could all I, learn I from each other, frankly. Yeah, and I mean, I we were just talking about a Call of Duty content-wise has been crushing it. Of course, they have, like we said, endless money and studios and resources working on it. But at yeah. the end of the day, going back to our earlier conversation, I don't care what they're spending on it. I care what's delivered to me. And, and Call yeah. of Duty has a massive amount of content. They also are making a multiplayer game. So again, I think multi PvP games no. they have it. They have a little bit of an easier go. Well, hold on, because they have they have PVE, right? They have raids in that game now in Call of Duty. They oh, have right, well. yeah, they have an annual campaign, right? Um, now it's not you do pay for it every year, so that's a little different. But you know they have more than just competitive multiplayer. They have DMZ which a lot of people play now, which is really interesting. That's PVE. I I don't know that mode. So. <laughs> well, okay, so we'll just move on. But they have a lot more than just PvP nowadays. That, I mean, that's cool. Yeah, they, they've got a huge studio. And I mean, so does Bungie, honestly. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's a very different, they're very different types of games. And I get why Bungie is in a that spot they're in because they are making a type of live service game that almost nobody is making. And, all the other ones that have tried like Anthem have failed. And uh, I, I get 
I get the position they're in, but it's still not really an excuse for the past year they've had. I, I they shouldn't have put out Lightfall at all, in my opinion. They just should have. Yeah. They should. They should have just kept that turd in house, and because <laughs> they lost so much of their momentum. Honestly, if they just said, "Hey, stop playing Destiny for a little bit. We'll be back in a year with it with a banger of a game," uh, I think there would be a much different conversation. But the fact that they're sort of slaves to their own content pipeline and they have to constantly keep feeding the beast, and a lot of that content is subpar. It just it the narrative changes against you so fast so yeah. fast from which queen to now i mean it's just like <laughs> the lowest it's been from the highest it's been it, it, the fall has been so quickly and so far um and i i mean look the good news is destiny is a game that comes back from even the worst situations that they've experienced so if final shape hits that's all that matters right yeah true true it's what you did what have you done for me lately yeah. um Gaming Forte in the house. Good to see you, man. He said, I legit quit the game over a month ago. Destiny has been the girlfriend that messed up on you one too many times. Joe Blackburn video did make me feel better about the future of the game. Blackburn, thank you. I got his last name wrong. So uh, we do have a couple of super chats around this too. So uh, let's get to those. So Console Peasant just gave us a super sticker. Five nine. Console Peasant. Console Peasant. Not is that a sloth? That. Is that a sloth on a tree? Or is that a panda? Sloth. Sloth. The image. <laughs> the image. Sloth. The hell calls it a sloth? Uh, I don't want to hear it. Hold on, God damn it, David, At David Attenborough. David Attenborough calls it. Yeah, a sloth. it's because he's he's, but he's, he's English. Yeah. Okay, so maybe this is just me. I call the animal a sloth, and I call the vice a sloth. So if you if you verb if you suffer from the vice of slothery i call it <laughs> sloth but if it, if it's the animal it's a sloth to me. if you're if you're english then that's fine yes i'm, I'm not but you're not no you're what's wrong with that's, what's that's, wrong with that distinction i'm gonna i'm gonna get my cousin in on this conversation yeah. i think him. it's a sloth says. That's too funny. i'm gonna go with sloth okay i learned on the <laughs> i learned on the what is it animal planet discovery yeah. channel one of those it's a panda I, anyway. I, that's how I learned to pronounce it. I don't know what to tell you. To me, it's a <laughs> I think that is a panda after all that. Yeah. I think um, it is a panda. Yeah, but why is it lying <laughs> in a tree? I don't do pandas lie in trees? I've never seen that. Why not? I thought they just sit on the floor and eat bamboo. Aren't they like I don't yep. know? I just never seen I don't know why trees. I find this so funny. <laughs> it just seems look, I know this is not what your sticker is about, but <laughs> Tao, I didn't have a special tie today. It's uh it's yeah. a nice day. Uh -huh. oh my god anyway console peasant thank you for the for the 599 euros appreciate you gecko gecko with the six euros i follow destiny views via paul tassie and it uh almost always a cycle of complaint positivity and subsequent anguish over the state of the game <laughs> yeah yep that's being a destiny player yeah. <laughs> so there you go there you I go. mean, I'm I'm less on the positive side. I I tend to push Destiny pretty hard, but hey, when it's good, it's there's nothing like it. There's nothing else like it when Destiny hits. But even when the Witch Queen was good, the things I complained about were their core game is still in trouble, and uh, that's why I didn't give it as high as others. I I mean, in that Witch Queen review, I said PVP is in a terrible spot, Gambit's in a terrible spot, the the Vanguard Strike playlist is in a terrible spot. What did we get this week? Hey, PvP might be dying. Gambit is for sure dead. That's it. Like that, you know what I mean? It was just like such a we, this stuff has been coming and building for a while. And I think everybody 
who was playing destiny was hopeful that they had a plan and that they were going to reveal on tuesday hey not only is the final shape going to be great but we're reinvesting on all this stuff and the messaging we got was basically the opposite of that it was hey we're we we haven't been working on this at all and we're not going to so maybe it's not a sprint but a marathon mm, nice yeah yeah. We're just kind of getting slothy over there. <laughs> <laughs> Gecko, thank hey, you. That was the vice. So yeah. that was flaw. That was flaw. <laughs> uh, Bungie's moving their fans from Destiny uh, Hamster Wheel to the Matter Hamster Wheel. Yeah. Matter, Matter was the code name for, is it their other projects or Marathon? It, it It's unclear, I think, at this point. I, I okay. tend to think that Matter was their code name for Marathon, but... Uh, I think I think there was rumor of a mobile game or something like that. So it might it might be it might be that. I'm not sure. Okay. By the way, not Jack. Five dollars super chat. Dan, you oh, just read Jack. the comments. No, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, not Jack. We yeah, appreciate thank you, man. Jack. I don't know why I thought that was Gecko again. I don't know. <laughs> Christopher Jetzer asks, "Am I optimistic for Marathon?" I actually am. I think a lot of Bungie's main talent is on that game. I also think the idea of a multiplayer mainly pvp live service game is going to be a lot easier for bungie to manage they're probably going to look at that and go wow this is super easy why are we doing destiny for so long um and then also the arg thing excites me uh the fact that they're going to double down on like community puzzles and events i think is cool so i have no doubt uh marathon's going to be good um bungie's a very talented studio and when they put their minds to it they accomplish great stuff I think the thing that people are pissed about is they feel like they've invested all this time, energy, and money into Destiny, and it feels like Destiny's sort of getting left on the wayside or abandoned, or at least it's not as full in its scope as it used to be, especially with the messaging around PvP and Gambit. Um, it's tough. I, I know we've talked about this many times, and we don't need to go on a full tangent on this right now, but I think the expectation that gamers have around, I've spent a lot of money and time invested in this game, so it needs to continue giving me new content is misguided, right? Like, I think that... It is, unless that is the messaging and the entire idea behind the game. It'd be like... Of if, course, of yeah, course. They need to be clear like about World, what they're... If, if World of Warcraft was like hey we're we're finally ending world of warcraft in a year i think some players would be upset but they would be like all right well look the developer doesn't want to make any more content for world of warcraft so that's the end but the messaging for destiny has been there's going to be a future we're going to build on this game it's going to exist forever and then their actions say the exact opposite of course yeah i think that's Agreed. the problem there but you're yeah. right you're right there's no there's no normally there's no expectation but bungie has been saying expect it and then yeah. <laughs> they're not delivering and it's like <laughs> all right well that's on you then at this point <laughs> by the way tau is asking for something i'm not sure we'll ever do i think Dude, i would love to do over, that overcooked to slash moving out to i don't even know what moving out to stream is just to What's see what they lose it i've never heard He's of it no, oh, know. moving out is amazing. Uh, it is a game where you have to uh, move furniture move and stuff, and you have to put it in a moving truck uh, in a in a time limit, and they intentionally make it really hard to do that. Uh, it's like a puzzle. Um, yeah, it is like it a puzzle? puzzle? It's like a it's like a, a cooperative it, it mind effery. That's how I describe it. It's the same thing as Overcooked, yeah. where it's not really a puzzle. It's just like you have to work together in that's such true. a specific way that they intentionally uh jam you up they put you in a jam and you're just like oh i hate other people it's one of those games that makes you like really respect team sports you know we're like <laughs> god how do people work together this is so it's can, uh 
you certainly can't be slothy while playing it. That's for sure. No. Um, I told Sal that trying to get the four, the, the three of you together on a stream and make the four of us would be like herding cats. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever pull that off. Yeah, we're in three time zones, I think. Oh, no. Three time zones. We're always playing different games. We we have different schedules for how we do things. Like, yeah, it's the fact that we come together every Sunday morning is already a miracle. It's really, kind of you. a small miracle. Yeah. <laughs> but Sal, thank you. Uh, we will talk about it though. We'll talk to Hogue about it. It could be hilarious. I definitely agree with you. Um, so we find out who I get angry. I I get angry in those games because I I almost never play with efficient teams, and I just I'm like, oh, why can't there just be four of me? Oh, I would because I'm more like you, Travis. But I have also played games with Dan, so I would play mm -hmm. just to see your reaction to playing with Dan because that would. Be oh perfect. man, I I would have trouble. I mean, Hogue has an excuse, like his brain doesn't work and all that, but like <laughs> Dan, I just you know what's your? No. I guess you're no. you're shaky. You got yeah. a shaky hand. I'm a little bit shaky. Uh, also, of, I don't like those games. I have under. Just because you're going hand. through withdrawals, that's why you yeah, shake. That could be. Yeah, that could yeah. be. Yeah. I hit another twenty. Hit, hit, hit the next hit twenty. Hit another twenty MGs. <laughs> 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 hit my next twenty. Yeah, if I'm playing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we could probably pull that off. I mean, I'm not <laughs> sure what that would look like, but yeah, you would probably hate me for sure. And I'd be like, "Why can't I do this?" And I start yelling, and then we just start yelling at each other. It'd be a mess. Yeah, as me and Hogue are organizing bookshelves in the corner. Yeah. Um, nope. Anyway, uh, so a couple a couple just updates on games. So Armor Core 6, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, From Software came out and did an over two-hour showcase of Armor Core 6, which showed a ton of stuff, including obviously new gameplay, the PvP in Armor Core 6, uh, how lore works in the story, and uh, all of this. Anyway, it launches this Friday, as we're talking today. So Friday the 25th. Um, and just a reminder that Immortals of Avium, that other game we've been talking about for a little while, that launches Tuesday in two days. So um, how excited are you guys for uh, Armor Core 6? Are you guys in on this? I'm hell of in on this. I am. It's, from, this it's from, so you know I'm in it. I think this game's not going to do that well, to be honest with you. I don't, I'm afraid. <laughs> I think it's either. coming out at a weird time, and I think it doesn't have the same hype, and uh, people aren't going to, the average person isn't going to go from soft. You know what I mean? They're going to look at Mexico. It's, oh, it's one of those weird Japanese games. That's no. gonna be it, you know? I don't think it's much of a Souls-like from what I've heard either. I mean, it's not like yeah. a... It's it's going to be... It's going to have a difficulty, but it's not going to be, you know, Elden It has Ring. similarities. It has similarities. Right. Like, the boss fights are probably going to be... They're going to feel... There's big boss fights. Yeah. Yeah. Not a problem. Uh, but, but yeah, to your point, I. it doesn't have the same uh, clout as an Elden Ring did. Which is sad. Man, because no, it was great back in the day, man. I love those yep. games. I think uh, calling yeah, it I, Armored Core Six is a mistake, frankly. Yeah. I, yeah. If I if it were me, I would have named it Armored Core. What's well, the, it's and the called... subtitle would be from the makers of Elden Ring. That would <laughs> and that would have been called, the entire game. It's called Fires of Rubicon, but they left the six on there. They, they should have the just six, called it Armored Core more... Fires of Rubicon. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The fact, or just do that thing that everyone is doing these days, where they just don't give it a sequel, like. Uh, or don't give it the two like a uh, Lords of the Fallen is doing with as you point you keep pointing out to me and it annoys the crap out of me. Um look, if you make an entire trilogy and then a decade goes by and you want to call your game God of War again, okay, I'll give it to you. Is it annoying? <laughs> Kinda, but I'll give it to you. But if you only made one game and it wasn't that long ago, 
you put the two on it. You can't just just release the <laughs> Hold same on. title again. It's in the same universe, but it's not so? a direct sequel, is what they've said, right? Then why are you calling oh, it the same sake. thing as last yeah, time? Yeah, that doesn't make a new title. And I like that you just said if it's like ten years ago, uh, Lords of the Fallen came out ten years ago. Okay, not well, how long was it between God of War <laughs> and uh, God of War Three? That felt like the right amount of time. How long was that? I, I don't know. That feels like 30, it was long. Thirty-two years. <laughs> Thirty-two I I, years. <laughs> I think God of War Three was two thousand nine, ten, maybe. I don't know. And then God of War was twenty eighteen. I guess it was about 10 years. Probably less time. Less time. Here's, than Lord here's of the, the point, Ains. Here's the point, Ains. They did a full don't, trilogy. Don't move your goalposts. Yeah. They did. Don't no, move he goal did post. the trilogy part. I said before. the trilogy part. I said the yeah. trilogy part. And that is another important factor is that they did three games. What was it? By the way, God of War 3 was, was also... was all, God of War 3 came out in 2010. And God of War 3 was remastered in 2015. Later. In 2015. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, my point is that if it, if it, if you have a bunch of sequels and you're doing like essentially a fresh reboot, I'll take it. But they did one game, Ains, and they're just calling the second game the same thing. It is weird. I, I'll it's give you weird. That. It is weird. It's weird. Yeah, I'll give. It. But it. anyway, I think Armored Core, the fact that they put a six on it and it has a subtitle and it looks just like you know, there's a lot of like mech games and they're kind of a dime a dozen and nobody pays attention to them. I think that a lot of people are going to see this and not know it's from soft and go, eh. I think that's why they did a two hour stream because you don't normally do that, right? I think they're trying to show people that the game is that's probably going to be special choir, because from software has not, that's true, but from software hasn't missed, we've said in a decade. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty confident this game's going to be amazing, but I also completely agree that coming out when it's coming out is tough. And anecdotally, at least in our space, right? Starfield has the world right now. All eyes are on Starfield. Um, so it coming out less than a week before Starfield's early access probably doesn't help. No. So Wait, is it coming out next week? September 1st is Starfield's... Oh, wait. No, Armor Core? Armor Core. Armor Core is Friday, August 25th. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, this Friday. No one's gonna play this game. <laughs> no one's gonna play it. I, the, I'm play convinced. It. I know. I mean, look, I'll play. I know. I know. I'm, I know. I'm gonna, play, I'm gonna play the crap out of this, but like, I'm worried about that game. Mitch, it, you, know it, you know what? You know what? It's probably game. gonna be. It's probably gonna be that type of game that's excellent. From soft kills it again. I hope anyway. There's gonna be core gamers like us playing it, and then it's gonna be the game that gets revisited next year by the yeah. casuals. You know, it'll be a 92 Metacritic that no one plays like David Diver. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it'll be like one of those games that you have to like tell people, hey, you're missing out on this. And they'll be like, I'm still playing Baldur's Gate. Shut up. And then, you know, Starfield <laughs> will come out and they'll be like, dude, I'm I'm playing Starfield. That's it. You know, unless, you know, well, first of all, right. Starfield's not on PlayStation. So right there, you have an audience where the argument of Starfield coming out doesn't impact armor core but doesn't Baldur's gate come out on the day that starfield's coming out on playstation on playstation yeah, yeah but, that's their replacement starfield but let's not forget that armor core's japanese audience too is from what i understand pretty damn big so yeah i think that's true i i mean we're looking at it from a north american perspective and probably european yeah. perspective just western right we're looking at it from a western yeah. perspective and i would say i don't think that audience is super hyped for it but that's just my that's my yeah, we'll say. guess we'll find out soon i should have had george r. r martin create the universe then it would have <laughs> probably gone off you know george r. r martin creates armored core six yeah perfect yeah, yeah. huge fan base
Um, yeah, anyway, um, so if you want to check out that live stream, there was an awful lot shown. Um, and then it releases Friday, so we'll talk about that at least a little bit next week and more into the future. And then a couple of just other updates um, here at the end is uh, Alan Wake 2 was delayed 10 days for some reason. So it's not coming out. Yeah, it's not October 17th now. It's October 27th uh, for Alan Wake 2. Yeah. And then Assassin's Creed Mirage, the opposite. It was moved up Mirage. a week to so October 5th. So Mirage. Now, <laughs> those games were five days apart, and now they're almost a month apart between the two of them. So. Say Mirage. Are you okay? Say Mirage. <laughs> no. Why hey, did I say it? Did I say it weird? Or? No, you just didn't say it. I want. I want to hear the. I want to hear the the setting in your in your voice when you say the title. Mirage. I can't say it like that. Mirage. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, Dan did it good. Yeah, good job. Good job. Yeah, yeah, Dan did it good. Go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Assassin's Creed Mirage uh, comes out October 5th. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the and, whitest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. it's Mirage. Mirage. You got to hit the G. Yeah. You got to hit yeah. the G hard. Mirage. Mirage. Oh. Mirage. <laughs> Mirage. 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 Oh, but yeah, Alan Wake too. So I know Hoag's out here today. He be, will be a little disappointed. That's another ten days he's got to wait because that's his most anticipated game of the year. He said was Alan wait, Wake. Did 2. he actually say that? I thought it was. Yes, he did. No, no, Alan Wake two. Wow. So um, maybe it's a meta delay. delay. Maybe it's uh, like Alan Wake missed his deadline. Like maybe there's a reason in game. You'll be like, oh, this is why the game was delayed ten days. It was actually part of the story. <laughs> you know, it'd be funny. I didn't. I didn't realize that until. That would be amazing, first of all. Um, one of the other things I didn't think about, though, is I wonder, uh, we don't know what the Video Game Awards deadline is for this year. Remember, they have that weird deadline. Maybe they're skipping um, it. So we'll see. They want to be considered next year. That would be. Which never works. Yeah, that never doesn't work. Never works. No. Never works. Nobody cares. So. I think well, I mean, it's, it's better for us, right? Because it came out in December, and I think that was intentional. I think I think 343 released it when they did because they didn't want the hype to be or the the hype to be cut off by oh it didn't even get nominated you know it got beat by whatever playstation title won that year <laughs> death <laughs> stranding i don't know <laughs> whatever stupid uh, yeah anyway <laughs> you were about to go on a tangent there i was letting you pull out the shovel what no it's, it's <laughs> a lot of years that we don't agree with whatever game wins you know i don't remember what game won that year but it what probably year? was the wrong one whatever year uh halo infinite skipped it takes two. It takes. Oh, was two that, it takes two. Okay, yeah, that that game did deserve to win. That was a great. Game. That was a cool game. Very cool game. That was a great yeah. game. Well, boys, I think that's wow. going to wrap us up. We caught up. Two hour show on the dot. Well, not on the dot, but close. Um, Hoag should be back next week. Like we said, he was just traveling with family this week, so the four of us should be back in full power in our Constructicon form next week. Um, we won't be able to talk about Starfield next week. Um, it will be the following week, as we said. Embargo is August 31st, but we will be able to talk about Armor Core 6 next week. It's frozen. Um, am I? Oh, man, we got to the whole end of the show, and I've got a goofy-looking face to finish it off. Look at that. No, no, what? you look like you're... Uh, you, you look like 30 20. milligram ains. Um Nice. Anyway, um, so it's great to be back um, on the season gaming side, getting back into the swing of things. Uh, you can check out our Texas Chainsaw Massacre review. Cast Co-op will hopefully be back this week. 
and our normal uh, string of kind of content delivery will be back as well. So it was nice having a break, but I uh, missed everyone, missed you guys. Um, on the gaming front, Travis, I know you got a lot going on. Why I fix my camera and get out of this 30 milligram stance. Why don't you tell us what you got happening? Yeah. Uh, so a bunch of stuff uh, is currently out. My reviews of Texas Chainsaw, uh, Blasphemous 2, and uh, I think Trine 5. That game comes out on August 31st, so my review might be public by the time is august 30th the 31st uh thursday friday when did we decide that was it's a it's like a wednesday wednesday uh thursday thursday okay yeah then my review probably will not be public by then so i guess that's another one i'll have to wait two weeks for but i'll be able to talk about starfield and trine five in two weeks probably and uh yeah um i'm doing previews i did a preview of a tin tin reporter mm. cigars of the pharaoh that game i played that one uh flashback 2 you guys ever play that old flashback game i played the sequel did a preview of that yeah remember um, we talked about it a couple weeks ago because flashback yeah. uh we love when we were kids i think it came out before you were born probably uh no i think i was two years old when I- <laughs> wow. so yeah i uh i had never played it but when i found out i was previewing it i played the old one so I went back and I played it because it's available on Xbox. And I was like, yeah, it's a good game. And then I played the sequel. Um, I did like Blasphemous 2, Tao. I gave it an 8 out of 10. It's a good game. And I think it comes out really soon. I think it comes out this week. or Yeah, it must come out this week. Um, but yeah, they gave it to us early because they didn't want us to be reviewing their game in the middle of Gamescom, which is very nice. Oh, games, Gamescom is this week, too. So Games that's Tuesday as well, yeah, uh, along with um, Jeff Keighley's doing the live thing from Gamescom. Xbox is doing a Gamescom conference. So, uh, yeah, we'll yep. have a lot to talk about next week for sure. Oh, nice. Yep, yep. So that's that. I, I'm not covering Gamescom uh, because I'm not going to Germany. All right. Although Fair. I do speak do Deutsch, you know. You ever, <laughs> you ever Germany's awesome. I love Germany. Um, cool. It's the one country in Europe that hasn't given up. So, you know, you know, the other countries have just, they're retired as countries. You go there and everybody doesn't work and you're like, okay, you're checked out. You're not trying to do anything as a country. You're just, see what I do with here. They're over it. Just over it. They're like, yeah, we're just a place you go. If you want to see old stuff, we don't do anything new. And you're like, all right, great. I'm going to go back to America. We're building things. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. (laughs) But Germany, they got, they're building stuff. They're doing things. California just passed them up as the, as a largest economy. They got they got beaten by one state in America. How cool is that? Fourth largest economy in the world, California. Just replaced Germany. Wow. Anybody care about this at all? No, I'm just letting you go yeah. right now. Kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now that he got the shovel out right at the end of the episode. <laughs> Guys, you've been awesome. It's- Good being back with everyone today. Uh, really appreciate you coming to hang out with us. Uh, like we said, we should be back next week with all four of us and a lot to talk about next week. And in, honestly, I think we'll have a lot to talk about every week the rest of the year because it's nonstop from here on out. So uh, should be a good time. As always, enjoy your game and enjoy whatever you're playing. Um, thank you for checking out Season Gaming. Be sure to hit that like, check us out, subscribe on both channels if you can. If you're listening to us on the audio side, uh, please give us a review. Give us a, a like over there. That helps as well. But until then, we will see you next Sunday. Thanks as always. Peace.